You are back in Kresk and listening to Curse of Sradania, a Legends of Aventris podcast. Last time, the expedition chased after a missing Irina Kolyana after discovering she had left the safety of the hallowed grounds of the church in Valaki. This chase brought them to the Abbey of St. Markovia in the gloomy town of Kresk. They soon discovered that the Abbey was populated by strange, amalgamated creatures and patchwork flesh horrors products and experiments of their leader, a corrupted angel known only as the Abbot. After a brief encounter with the Abbot, they finally found Irina and brought her to a shrine where she received a blessing from the spirit of my brother Sergei. I was not pleased, to say the least. This episode is brought to you by our generous supporters on Patreon. You can become a patron yourself by following the link in the show notes. We are eternally grateful for your support. With that out of the way, let us proceed with Chapter 9, Among Monsters. Thunder has subsided. There's a slight drizzle of rain, but it's not, it's not much. It's just, it's almost like a mist. And even that is beginning to subside. There's a faint wind that's rushing by you, and... The sun is shrouded, but it's not getting colder, and it seems to be slowly ebbing away to that dark, overcast Barovia midday that you're used to. And I pull myself out. I'll help you out. Uh, oh, I've got the lantern. That's right. So thank you, Connor. Uh, I, I hand you back the lantern. Sarnax, <laughs> just, just, just take it. Thank you. It seems as if war has been declared. Yes. Yeah, we did something. We, we, did, we really did it now. Violent gods, what what was all that? What happened? Well, whatever it is, we pissed Radani off. Right. I do not mean to be presumptuous, but I believe I have found our ticket into Castle Ravenloft invitation or not. What do you mean? What have you found? I'll look around as uh, this... This whole little garden, kind of? A little... Yes. It's like a... There are stone seats here and there. Uh, yeah. Stone benches. Um, almost in a circular pattern around what was the statue and the, the uh, well at the, at the front of it. And it seems to be less wild than the areas around it. The trees are encroaching in a circular pattern around it. Um, hanging more densely over the pathway that you took to get here. But it's its own little... Um, sanctified place. Do you see how despite the horrors that surround us, this is a place of respite, a place of quiet, a place of hallowed ground. And, Irina, your experience with the figure in the well, do you recall what happened? I... I don't. But I do. It's... It's as if I'm living memories. The face, the man in the water. The memories that aren't mine. He looked familiar, didn't he? Yes, but I've never seen him a day in my life. A day in a past life. Every moment that passes, it's as if there's a cloud fogging my memory. As if there's a veil that's slowly lifting and I see more and more. And I'm finding it hard to know. What is my life and what is not? 
what I've lived and what I haven't. And that is the greatest tragedy of your life, is that you are an important piece in this chess game, Irina, whether you like it or not. However, it is because of that you perhaps have become our salvation and the weapon that will be used to destroy the Countess. Nothing more than a silly girl. A strange land. A silly girl, watched over by the spirit of Sergei, the brother of the Countess, whose bones are making this ground that we stand upon hallowed. I have found a chamber in the tunnel. Uh, the, the water's gone. Uh, did, did you do that, Sarnax? I did. A lever in the water opened grates to drain it away. And at the very bottom of this well, we will find a hallway, a tunnel, that I believe leads to the crypts of Castle Ravenloft, so, directly to the bones of Sergei himself. So when Stradania kills us all, we can just blame you then? <laughs> yes, because we will be in her chamber, Great. fighting her in her throne room, Shepard. And it will be glorious. You're a tricky one, Sarnax. You are a tricky one. Nice job. Nice job, pal. Well, there's no way that Stradania knows about this. She wouldn't stand to let it exist if she did. That's a great point. She would have caved it in yes. years ago. Perhaps the magic of Sergei is that powerful where he somehow protects it. And I will turn to Irina, just like he protects you now. I, um, I sense like a super you powerful... It, you te- cast detect magic. You have very powerful abjuration magic on you. And I believe that he has protected you, perhaps eternally, against Radanya. I don't know. I feel different. I feel safe. A warmthness in my heart. Do you really think that it could last forever? It's unlike anything I've ever seen. It's like he's touched her soul and, and passed on his, his essence to, to, to protect her. I mean, that would be one less thing we'd have to constantly worry about. Her safety would be much more assured, and it'd be one less thing. Yes, yes. I, I get no sense of, of duration. I get no sense of, 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 of a spell itself. It's, it's, it's beyond anything I've ever seen. Uh, I... Despite having made her an enemy, I believe some good has come up today. Well, we have always been enemies of the Countess, Professor. Yes. But it seems like that won't matter. We won't need an invitation to get in. We do not. But, once again, I believe I am making presumptions based on the evidence. I could be mistaken. And it could be a trap that we are being led to. However, I believe that despite the foul taint that laid upon the abbot, that no matter how powerful Sridhanya is, no matter how powerful the dark magics of this land are, they are impotent in the face of the good, of the divine. Evil is only as powerful as the good allows and only is able to wreak death and destruction via the inaction of the good. And we are called to action. Yes. But now we must decide what we do. Do we purge and we'll look back to the abbot? 
you purge this place in holy fire, cleanse it? Or is there no time to refine von Richten, to hatch a plan? We have made her our enemy. I don't believe there's a rush to go pay her a visit just yet, especially without seeing our fate through all the way. The only thing I'm worried about is if she decides to come at us, and she will, hard. If we don't finish up the rest of these cards, we are going to be woefully underprepared. I believe that despite being her enemy, she she would not... She she, she could have attacked us in, 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 in the middle of Barovia somewhere. She's waiting for something. I don't know what it is, but... I believe, at the very least, we can either, either get away or protect ourselves or something. I'm not too concerned right now about her making the first move in in the, 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 the middle of, of broad daylight. I disagree. I think she doesn't know where we are now. What we think like her, would she expect us to come through these tunnels? At this very moment, she know she she doesn't know where we last were, other than by the abbot. She could be on the hunt for us now, but she can't seem to find us here. Perhaps we go through these tunnels, we take the bones, and we try to establish more allies. Sonex, are you able to refill this with water? Allow me to check, Professor. I don't mean by spells, I mean like, can you pull the lever again? I can investigate to see, but I doubt it. There does not seem to be a... Oh, it was, it was a well, right? Yeah. It, well, yeah, it was a well. Thank, Thank you, Thank you. Thank you. Welcome to the family. I will quickly investigate, and I will report back with my findings. Do you want me to hold your lantern? I believe now that there is no water, I should be fine with it. Yeah, keep it on you. And I will just descend, and I'll do a quick check. You descend, and you look around, and you, can, you still see the lever. Strange bone-shaped level, lever that was uh, placed in the side. I will see how quick I can be, and I'm going to grab the lever and pull it up. And get ready to sprint You and grab the lever, and you pull it up, and immediately the rope that was hanging down zips back into the hole where it came from, the very top of the well as the grates at the bottom open up and begin to start filling with water as water is rising. And then, so I'm going to try to scamper back up. Or, or Do you have me. a climbing speed? Uh, I don't, so I'll just kind of... Float? <laughs> yes, I can, <laughs> Professor. <laughs> you do that. You float on the water, on the very surface of the water, the until, it, until the well fills all the way up and you're bobbing at the very top lantern held aloft. We'll uh, reach out to pull him out of the well. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I, I guess that should uh, keep keep the passage safe. I, I guess I was only really worried about losing our chance again. I don't want to walk away from this and come back and find something horrible has happened. I agree. I agree. But I, it could be it could be potentially deadly for us to walk into Castle Ravenloft without even at least meeting with Van Richten first. I agree. He has information for us. He, he asked us to see him as quickly as we could. 
And saw what was in his cart. He's clearly prepared for something. It's much more than we thought. Yes. I believe we bought ourselves some time. Now we have this back way in. We've been through a lot today. What's it? It's gotta be it's gotta be towards the evening, right? Uh, it's mid afternoon. Okay. I don't think it was towards the evening. You got here pretty it's been two weeks. So But we I'm like we woke up, we went into the thing, and then we came all the way from from uh Velocity today. Oh yeah. But you only spent like an hour in the abbey. You went straight in. Okay. You ran so straight it's probably in. Afternoon, so it's late probably night. late afternoon. Or, um <clears throat> and recall the countess said she was preoccupied with urgent business. I think the urgent business was Marina. I am not so sure. I do not believe that she would be so willing to drop everything just to to feast upon her and then just give her to this strange fallen angel. None of it makes sense, but perhaps we could learn more from the people of Kresk. I am hard-pressed to just walk away and let this town continue to be preyed upon, presumably, by this abbot. Given that the Burgomaster's son recently died, how many people go missing? You saw the, the stitched abomination that I put to rest. It was a foul place, and an if we are bringing salvation to Barovia, shall we not bring salvation to the vile mongrel folk that we just saw? Shall we not free this town from the abbot? At the very least, shall we not re remove an ally of Shredania? If you say the word, I will try. But I can't promise that we'll be strong enough. Every moment we spend here, as much as I want to rid the abbey of the ab the abbot from the abbey, is Van Richten waiting for us? Should we make haste to him? Come back? Van Richten is up to his own machinations. I have been torn since we have fled the abbey, but. I believe now that we should cleanse it in holy fire, but I will also consult. Just know, we cannot die before we fight and kill Stradania. We cannot. I agree, but we know how powerful the Morning Lord is in this land. He still has power, and... Even if we can bring righteousness back to this Abbey of St. Markovia, perhaps that could be another boon in our fight against her. And I'm grasping at straws, but at, I mean, at the very least, like Sarnak said, this place has been desecrated. This was once a holy place. And St. Markovia, as far as we know, I believe, was like the most powerful. Is that, is that kind of what our understanding is? That like she was the. Yeah, she was big. The, the most powerful champion of the Morning Lord in all of Barovia, so... <clears throat> I'll unholster judgment and give it, like, a, a flick. And you say the word professor, we'll blow the doors off the goddamn Abbey. Well... I don't think we should run it down, Sarnax, but I think some of those creatures may still be sparable. 
but I think we should destroy what is at its core and strike at the center, at that abbey. I will consult with the Fire Lord. I'll throw a twig in, take a minute, cast Augury, and I'll stare into the flame. Fire Lord, I wish to purge the wickedness from the abbey. Bring redemption and renewal to it while delaying our other opportunities. Is this well advised? The wolves howl in the distance <laughs> as you wait for the answer from your god. Wheel. Oh shit. I'll. <laughs> Oh, no, I'll no. pick up. Oh no! Bad news for Andy. Good news for Ship. <laughs> I will pick up my lantern and I'll turn to the group and I will say, <laughs> "Let us begin the purge." So, so that means that means we've got we got we got we got the big guy on our side. The Fire Lord wills it amenable. Not now, though. I suggest we. We know that the mongrel folk were tied up, presumably, except the, the two that we saw. Mm-hmm. All the others were tied up and screaming and gnashing. Is it best to just barge in, guns a-blazing? I don't believe so. We really don't know what is going on there. Exactly right. Well, are we aware that they were being fed flesh? The one you, that, like, Yes, you, you saw that they okay. were being fled, uh, fed flesh. <laughs> As much as I would like to help those poor souls, I'm not sure there's anything we can do for them. We do and know for sure that we can't help them. We don't have the information we need. What I would suggest is now that the abbot believes that we are gone, he told us not to come back. Let him think that we are gone. Just take the evening, meet with this, the people of Kresk, perhaps join them in their communal endeavors, their, their communal trading and perhaps dinner, see what we can learn. They must know something about the Abbey. We can glean something, and then in the middle of the night to sneak in and see what we can learn, and, and hopefully at least not raise the alarm. And if we need to, we can burn the whole thing down, although I don't if he suggest that. If we can't undo what's been done to them, we cannot release them on the people of Barovia. I agree, and we will put them to rest however we can, whether that's curing them or killing them. Regardless, I intend to turn this so-called abbot to ash and plant an Edelwood seed on his remains. Everyone else still has a chance of redemption. He, however, does not. Is that acceptable, Professor? Yes. Yes, I believe we've learned that much where he's committing evil acts, and at the very least we can... You are the leader of this expedition, as much of an expedition that we now are still on. But I don't want to be the only one suggesting options. Does that sound amenable? Are there other options? Does that sound reasonable? Putting that evil bash in the dirt? Hell yeah, it sounds amenable. And doing it tonight under the cover of darkness and perhaps learning more before we alert him. You're in charge. Should there be any concern for if we must take extreme measure? 
rid this place of the evil that that would draw attention to Strahd. Bring her here. Perhaps closer than we'd like to our own advantage. Well, we know that the ground here is still hard. With the bones of St. Markovia and perhaps Sergei as well. That is what I believe. So I believe she cannot set foot on the Abbey grounds. And that is why she left Irina. I believe it is just the garden. Well, with a, little, with a little luck, that still means she wouldn't be able to find the secret passage, and that's all we really we care about. have a passage of escape, should she choose to descend upon us. That's true. That's a great point. And I believe we have the tools to get away if we need to. The moment she attacks, we shall flee to the garden. What have Irina recommended that she stay here? Does she understand her place in all of you this? You know I'm right here. I thought we were talking amongst yourselves. So there's, there's not a yeah. large enough area to be talking amongst yourselves. Arena, do you feel comfortable waiting here until we can return? You want me to wait here in this open glade? It starts raining. You'll ruin my dress. No, you. I believe she should join us as we hopefully learn more and impress. But you will not join us tonight, unless you would oh, like to. I'm. You're welcome to do whatever you'd like to do. I don't really know anyone in Kresk. I moved straight through it. I didn't meet anyone. The, there was only the guards at the front and the burgomaster that let us through. But outside of that, I said nothing to anyone. Why would I feel comfortable staying with people I don't know? And on top of that, the abbey, the abbot was so nice. I propose an alternative solution. Irina, you are in the mood for adventure, are you not? Well, I had been. What are you suggesting? I propose speaking very frankly with no means for offense that we bring Irina along with us should the abbot cast his eyes upon us in our stealth mission we use Irina as a bargaining chip in order to deceive and then betray him. And what does this bargaining chip plan entail, exactly? In being the feather in his cap, Irina. I do not follow him on. I will let you in on what is going on. You are being prepared as a bride of Stradania. No, I'm simply going to... It is true. She feels her neck and you all look. The scars, the remnants of the wounds have completely vanished from her neck. I didn't even I, I didn't even take the potion they were preparing. You were Since deceived, Irina. You were deceived by an evil man who was not a man at all, but an angel. We know that he's an angel, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. An angel fallen oh. from grace. Oh, I was going to say angels are a good thing, but I have heard not fallen you. ones. Not Irina, I need you. So what is my role? Your role, as I am proposing to the group, and to you, you have your own volition in this operation. Yes. To join us in an adventure where we will sneak through the Abbey after gaining the information that the professor seeks. And should a the plans go awry as they so often do, you shall be used as a bargaining chip 
There is nothing that the abbot will want more than the most elaborate feather in his cap, his magnum opus, the ideal bride for the countess. But you'll make sure I'm not harmed. Well, of course. You will not be harmed. The entire will abbey will burn. Irina, know that there will be oh, danger. Really Should we really burn it? Don't if, if what you say is true, and this place is corrupt, don't you think this would be a lovely place? Father Lucian and the children? I agree completely. I, I don't think we should consider burning it. I agree. I, this ground we should target the core of the Well, he could bring the bones, and he could create hollowed ground here, and then they would have a school. There's, it would be lovely for them. You'd have more room. There are so many children that are in need of good parents. Or parents at all. I agree. I do not believe in burning the structure or the grounds, just the bodies of the wicked within. Then, I, I agree. I'll do it. Irina, we must be sure. This will I'll put you it. in danger, and though we will do our best to protect you, if I will means, not make a false promise to you. If it means the children will have a place, a land to grow up in that's better than what I have, I will do it. I like that attitude. Well done. And we have seen her stab a direwolf in the eye. Yes, I did. And it almost killed me. Well, the one behind it almost killed me, but I guess none of them. Do you still have your knife? Of course I do. Then I will ask one question, Irina. I will answer it with one answer. And I'm going to step up to her and undo my robe. Oh, Sonics, please. (laughs) Please, no, Sonics, no. Sonic. And I'll I'm a lady. Pull it open. Sonic's I'm a lady. Where is the heart, Irina? Oh, <laughs> I thought you were. Show me the heart. She'll point at the heart. You know, standing right there with you when you had this same conversation with the children. I believe you are ready. <laughs> well, uh, thank you. I, I guess we could try to go find uh, accommodations for the evening then down in the, the village here. Good luck with that. It's nothing but cottages. But we well, should. we could meet with the burgomaster. We know where he lives. Yes. And he let us in in the first place. Even just some floor space will make do for now. All right. Well, let's not waste any more time. Shall we go? Yeah. Lead the way. All right. I'll uh, so I will turn and I will lead the party down into Kresk, um, going to where we, I believe we saw... You passed his small yeah, house. I believe we saw his cottage, so yeah. we will go there and, and see him. You make your way down the winding dirt pathway, down the slope of the hill that led towards the Abbey of St. Markovia, in the opposite direction, directly back towards Kresk. And from this vantage point going down, you're able to see the the buildings of this town but it feels like hardly a town the houses are little more than one room cottages and so many of them um there may be 50 in total and many of them seem to be completely abandoned the few that are there you see faint lights flickering on inside of them the town is quiet you look around you don't see a merchant district you see no shops but you see a few, uh, a small area where it looks like a communal farm area, a sm- an open area in the middle with a large bonfire where it looks like communal cooking is, is had. Um, clothes and things strung up on lines around behind houses. and It looks like this is more of a commune than anything else. 
will barter and trade with what they have. As you get closer, you notice the chickens that run rampant through the streets here and there. Occasionally, you'll notice the uh, faint, the faint uh, glint of white or beige as you look down and you notice a lone uh, egg that's off to the side. The chickens seem to have the run of the streets. You make your way through and people bustle around, but not many, 15 at most, and they seem to notice you. One of the women looks at you cautiously but says nothing as she leans down and picks up a few of the random eggs that are dispersed throughout the the streets and puts them into her apron as she hurries off in one direction. You head through the main street directly towards the burgomaster's house, the largest. Looks like it maybe has two rooms to it instead of the one, but not significantly larger. As you hear commotion coming directly off the opposite side. You turn and you see that just past the open communal space where a bonfire had just started to be lit, um, you do see that there are a few people cooking, making what appears to be a stew, but their attention is turned towards one of the smaller houses off to the side where you begin to hear the grunting and screaming of a female woman in commotion. It's at this moment that you see as the burgomaster throws a cape over his head, slams the door behind him, locks it, and begins to march directly towards that house. He seems not to have noticed you. Shall we follow? Yes. I want to follow... Go ahead. Should we just murder him now? Sarcastic. Jeez. Murder him now. down. We gotta talk to the man first and find out what's going on. Um, I am. I do not like this place. I feel like we are in grave danger here. Let's proceed. Does the scream sound like a, a natural? Yes. It sounds like a feminine. There's grunting, groaning. We need to keep an eye on him, find out what he's doing, or we just huh? kick the door like down and go in. And if we're worried about him <laughs> there, we should. Perhaps we split up. And several of us follow and see what the commotion is, and the rest of us will investigate his house. Which one of us can send messages to the other through the brain? Uh, let's 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 just follow him and and, and figure I out. I think that we should split up. We should all, we should not break into his home. Let's follow him. Thank you. We follow him, hopefully not being noticed. You, the the town itself is very small. There is nearly no way to truly follow and not be noticed. You cut through the center area where people are still milling about, uh, apparently cooking a large meal. Um, it is approaching time to eat, and they look at you, but their attention continues to be drawn towards the house as they mutter to themselves. You notice as more of the townsfolk begins filling out of their houses, and you see as they're looking and watching. Some of them even creep over, and as you get closer, you see as you approach this small house. A small, uh, a small group has formed around it, watching and waiting. Men, women, and a few children. They immediately part in front of the doors and allow the burgomaster to enter. 
but they all continue to watch. None of them seem to notice as you make your way towards the back, but they do form ranks again, and you're not able to follow him into the house. As you're standing on the fringes of this gathering, you're able to look in the windows, not painted with glass, shutters open on the outside. You see smoke billowing from the small um, chimney that's inside, a pot boiling on the inside, the fire raging. As looking in, you see one woman, haggard, um, gray, curly hair down to about waist length as she's leaning over, continually dipping her hand into the pot, pulling out these dark... Um, dirty rags, wringing them and moving them over. You all shift trying to look as you see the Burgomaster stand there and look down. He gets to his his knees as he says, what do I need? What, what do I need to do to help? Well, I need you to just, just continue to pass me rags. She's not doing well. Blot her face. And he starts to grab the rags and blot the face. As you move around, you hear the screaming and the agony. And you, you try to find a vantage point where you can look in until you see a window. And there, on a straw mat covered in filth and blood, you see a woman, her stomach completely rotund with pregnancy. And she's screaming against the pain of the birth that she is bringing, the life she is bringing into this world. The Burgomaster, covered in sweat and dirt, is him in this older woman begin to participate in this dance of life. And the screaming continues. The townsfolk are muttering. You hear them. It is finally come. She is having the baby. Oh, it is a good day. A newborn for Chris. We could use the joy. Yes, it is a good day. She is, this day has been long awaited. We were worried. And Everyone around you feels it's almost a happiness, a joy, and the Burgomaster's there helping in the throes of it all. And finally, the screaming stops. You hear no cry. You wait as everyone holds their breath. And you see as the woman begins to clean the child with the rags. The cord is cut. The Burgomaster looks over and stares down. He looks to the woman. It is done. You have delivered. Please, breathe a moment. We must wait. You see as the older woman, long locks of gray hair, holds the baby up, almost in front of the crowd, as she spanks its rear. And it opens its mouth. Its eyes shoot open. But it makes a gurgling sound. It does not cry. She takes it and nestles it with the mother, who cries over this baby. I'm so happy you're here, my sweetness. I love you. It is a girl. Be well. The woman immediately starts cleaning everything up and you hear as everyone's muttering, but they're muttering to themselves quickly as they begin to disperse. And you're standing alone watching the strange scene. It all feels as if it's happened so fast. The birth of this baby. And all of a sudden, everybody feeling so down. As this woman begins to clean, you look inside and the mother is holding the infant to her chest. She looks so happy. The baby is looking around. It reaches up. It grabs her hair, but it makes no sound aside from the few gurgles. You see as the burgomaster stands up, he continues to help the woman and the midwife, as it were. So he grabs her hand and they begin, they, they finish cleaning. And you're still watching. There are a couple of 
people around you watching it as well. But for the most part, the crowd is dispersed and headed towards the center town where they begin to have their meal. Almost as if this is no longer interesting to them. It's at this point that you begin to hear the burgomaster and the midwife speak. It is as I had feared. Yes, it is as I had feared as well. The baby lacks a soul. It will be but a hollow shell for its whole life. But she does not need to know that tonight. Let her enjoy the warmth it brings her, at least for the beginning. She will come to learn it soon. She will. I will make sure the town folk know to be gentle with her. Let her find joy for this moment. The sadness will come when it comes. And she turns to him and she clasps his hand. Dimitri, thank you. Your help was most needed. My daughter has been feeling poorly, but she is she is overcoming her realness. She could not make it tonight. I could not have done this without you. He clasps her hand. I will be here for, for all births. Kresk is my home. It is our home for now. And they look up at each other, and there's a silent communication, sadness, as he says these words. And she reaches her hand up, and she caresses his young face. There was nothing you could do. We do not blame you. Go to your wife. Get some sleep. I will handle it from here. And you see as he nods, a tear rolls down the side of his face as he takes the hood and puts it over his head, walks out of the door. He does not seem to notice you as he steps out. I'm glad we did not murder him. Thanks, Farnix. He makes his way through the small bit of the crowd that is there and hurries back past. You see as he stops for a moment at the area where everyone is um, having their food. And you see as he talks to a few people here and there, um, mainly the people who are serving the food, and communicates with them. They nod almost as an understanding as they begin to whisper amongst everyone. I will try to hurry after him and, like, grab his attention or, like, put my hand on his shoulder or whatever. You, sure, you hurry after him and you walk up as he's explaining to one of the, one of the chefs. It is best that everyone knows when they get their food tonight that there will be no talk of what happened to Clovdia. Clovdia? Clovdia. It's like Claudia, but with a V instead of a U. Oh. There is no need that she know of the fate of her child. Make sure that as everyone eats, they are told that they will have the full brunt of the law if I find out that they have ruined this moment for her. Allow her this moment of peace and clarity. As you put your hand on his shoulder, he grabs it. And he, he feels your fingers and he looks almost shocked as he looks around at you. Ugh. Well, you are back. I, I am quite busy here, friend. Um, uh, Mr. Kreskov, uh, that was... Dimitri, call me Dimitri. Dimitri, um, yes. Um, is, is that woman all right? We, we were with the, the other townsfolk looking in and witnessed the, the, the birth. That was incredible. There was nothing incredible about that moment. But yes, she's fine. 
we just thought that there was that there was danger, and I think it's honorable that the leader of the town is there to to assist with the birth. I think that, that's very honorable of you. And this is something that could be talked about at a later time. Right. Uh, we would like to speak with you further. We had to 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 thank you for letting us into the town. We had to rush away to other business, but perhaps over a meal uh, tonight, could we sit down and, and eat with you? He looks back towards the man who's still standing there as if he's waiting for orders. He reaches his hands out and he puts both of his hands on his. We will make it through this. Do as I have asked. Please. The, the man nods at him and looks at all of you now as you're there together and looks a little um, unsure. He doesn't say anything. Well, come with me then. We will go to my home. We will have a talk. If that is what you desire. Yes, yes, of course. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yes, please. We will follow him. And he leads you directly back towards his house. The town is the silence that had overcome it has um, has begun to ramp up as it begins to people begin to chat, chatter and talk. The words of the Burgomaster ring true with them, that their sullen um, countenance will lead to only more sorrow in this town as they begin to enjoy the evening together and have their meal in, in the center of town. As you make your way towards the house, he unlocks the door and leads you in. It is a two-room cottage, sparsely furnished, barely anything inside. And he leads you through to what appears to be a bedroom, but also a living room with a hearth. And sitting in front of the hearth, knitting a pair of small stockings, is a woman. Dark hair. Dark hair. Um, older, um, maybe um, early to mid-50s, roughly around the same age as Dimitri. And she looks up at you, but there is a happiness to her eyes. My darling, you're home. Did everything go well? She looks so happy. He, he rushes to her, places his hands on her face. My love, it is what I fear. The baby has no soul. And you see as she chokes back the tears for a moment and she tosses down the knitting. Could we have had not but one bit of good news? I wish, my love, I, I wish, but there will be more babes. There will be more time. And she brings herself together and she looks at all of you. I'm so sorry. I, I It has been difficult. Lately, I am, she stands up and looks at all of you. I'm on the crest, Kov. It's lovely to meet you and to welcome you into our home. Thanks for having us. My apologies. Yes, yes, for having yes. us they know, I'm assuming, Dimitri. And he looks at her and there's a bit of irritation on his face. I believe they do know. But he smiles and looks at you. Please take a seat. Um, bed, floor, chair. We have... But what we have, make yourselves comfortable. Thank you for Very your kind. hospitality. My name is Professor Clayton Hazran, and this is my expedition. And then I'll introduce everybody real quick. Um, uh, yes, and by the know that you're referring to, do you mind me asking what it is that we know, just so I could clarify? My wife was simply asking if you were aware that the baby had no soul. We were having this conversation. Ah, yes, yes, we did. We did. And I assume that. that you 
knew already as you were eavesdropping on me when I was communicating with the townsfolk. Well, I apologize, but it was quite a scene. We did hear, we overheard it, but I must ask, how did you know? What tells you that a child is born without a soul? They are emotionless things. They do not cry. They know nothing but fear. They know no happiness, no joy, no anger, no sadness. Is this not commonplace in Brovia, though, based on what we've learned in my expedition thus far? It is, but in a town as small as Kresk, when the family line has ended, any being with a soul is valuable. Any without one is painful. Yes. Do most people in this town have souls? No. I see. You mentioned that babes born with souls are valuable. What value is that? They have a soul. They are their own person. They are capable and able to do what those without a soul cannot. They are not a hollow shell. Our town is dying. This babe was a beacon for us. Now there is no light in the darkness. There is always a light in the darkness. There is always hope. You said yourself there will be more babes. There will be, but not in enough time. Kresk will die. How much time do you need? More time than you can give us. I mean, I mean, it seems like you're you're speaking with urgency, like like the town's just going to disappear overnight. I mean, uh, my darling Anna, please go join the townsfolk. They could use you. This is not a conversation for you, sweet ears. And she looks at him nervously for a moment, but you can see the sorrow on her face, and she nods as she. Well, it was great to meet you. Have a good evening. Thank you as well. Thank Thank you. She leaves the room and heads towards the center of town. There is no hope here. Not for us. Kresge is small. We stay out of the business of the rest of Barovia. For it, we do not suffer the consequences of the rest of the villages here. But because of this, we are so... Plagued by our own horrors. And our numbers dwindle. My family has run Kresk for as long as it has survived. My son was the last of our line. And Ilya. What he became, in peace. What became of Ilya? He did a sickness. A fever. It gets cold here at the base of the mountain. Illness is not uncommon in the village of Kresk. If it's not the werewolves to the side that steal us in the night or Stradania's wolves out hunting, then it is the illness that takes us. We extend our condolences for the loss of your son. Do you know if the sickness that he died of was a common one? 
Or were the symptoms similar to something you've seen before? It was not a magical sickness. It was an illness that many in Kres fall to. The cold, the lack of food, the poor health. We have but one midwife and she is not... She's not the most well-versed in illnesses other than that of the womb. It is hard for us to collect herbs with the threats that loom around the borders of the village, so when sickness comes, it comes. <coughs> Ilya was the fourth of my children to succumb to the illness. And with him, my family line will die. If you do not mind me asking, where was he put to rest so we may pay our respects? He chokes up for a moment and finds it hard to speak. He is uh, we have a plot outside for the for the, the family line. He's there next to his brothers. He had brothers that also passed. He was the fourth. Each child more weak upon its birth than the last. All with souls. A tragedy unlike Kresk has known in a long time. And they all came down with the same sickness. It is not uncommon. My wife has had it. I have had it. But we were older. We were able to overcome it. But when you were young, Ilya being not but 14 years old, it's much harder to overcome. And as I get older, if I get it again, I will not survive it. Well, we can perhaps pay our respects. We will. If you could just give us directions, we, we would like to honor him. Has the abbot come down to offer any consolation? Wait. He does not come to Kres often, but when he does, he's nothing but kind. He did come to us. Why do you ask? I am curious. Did he know of your son's passing? He did. He offered to resurrect Ilya. Did he? For the price of a wedding dress. We don't have the means. Anna is planning to leave tomorrow to Velaki. She believes she knows of where she can find one. But... I don't know if I can let her leave. If she leaves, the roads are treacherous, and I, I can't... An old man cannot lose his children and his wife. I fear I must leave Ilya to rest. As much as I would love to have him back with us. Does the abbot often come down to ask for exchanges for wedding dresses? Seems kind of like an unusual request. The abbot is an unusual man. If you were faced with someone you loved, burying them, and the powerful man offered you his life for a dress, would you take it? No matter how silly it seemed to you? Absolutely. I'd be the same. Unquestioningly. I just... I could question his motives, but I... I have so many things in my life. The loss of my children, my age, 
the fear that this village will fall when I die, if I do not leave something to keep it standing, and I am tired. I grow exhausted. Perhaps we can help. And I'm sorry, did you say werewolves? <laughs> yes, they are a blight on the land. So uh, we have not encountered any werewolf, werewolves since coming to Barovia, and they exist here. They do, yes. Where, where? Do you know where they live? Off in the forest. I've not been to their den. But they steal the children of the land. So, yeah. like, one den, or like, all of the forests in Barovia? They travel as far as they would like. So but I know they do have a den. And they're stealing kids. They've stolen a few, yes, from Kresk. But since we've made sure to put the border around and we don't let the children leave the town and we only leave with a small group of able-bodied people to gain supplies that we need, we have it deliveries to and from Velaki um, once every couple of weeks. So, But um, since we have... Since we stick to these rules, we... They have not been much of a bother to us. Have your men been attacked and have been able to fend off a werewolf? Those that are attacked do not come back. I see. Have you seen them for yourself? If not. Only the tales. You mentioned this border that you put up. Is this the wall? Yes. Around Kresk? Um, I hate to belabor the point, um, especially on such a dark topic, but uh, if they're just taking kids, they can't possibly be just using them for food. I try not to think about the ones that are lost. I have enough that keeps me up at night. I don't need that. Well, who was the last time a child was taken? And how do they only take children? From Kresk, they've only taken the children. We lost two this year. I believe we can assist. Do you know where their den is? Could you give us more specific direction? I wish I could. I have not been there. Do you or your people ever go up to visit the Abbey to ask for favors and protection? Those that do, do not come back. There are a few who believed that the abbot could cure them of the sickness that took my children. Mm. They never come back, and maybe they are there, maybe they are happy, maybe they are free from the sickness that took them. I do not know. Does have anyone... Oh, sorry. Have you, uh, outside of meeting him a few times, request for a wedding dress, do you know anything else about the abbey or what he does? In there. Are, are any of you worshippers of Pelor or any other god? No, there are no other gods in Barovia but the Morning Lord and the Lady of the Moon. But the Abbey himself, I, the, the Abbot, he, he simply called the Abbot. He, he arrived uh, maybe a century ago. 
he has never aged a day since. Mm. At least as our stories tell us, he does not come here often, but he has on occasion come down and spoken with those of ill health and has cured their wounds. He's helped them. What price they paid, I do not know. It's anything like the wedding dress that they, they made out, in my opinion. They, they got the better end of the deal. But he demands nothing from us but wine. So one cask on every one of our orders goes up to the abbey. Aside from that, he... Has he, has he ever divulged to you what is happening to these people of Christ that are going missing? I'm not his friend. I've, have you asked when he comes to visit? Of course not. Does that not make you worry? I am I'm the burgomaster of this place. But I am not their lord. I am not their god. If when Ilya fell sick, I thought of taking him to the Abbey. But I made that choice on my own, and I will not tell the people of this village they cannot make that choice. It is not my place to go and to ask these questions and pry into their lives. They are adults. They can make their choices. Yes, yes, I believe that's right. Well, and do you happen to know of any other people in the village that are currently sick? There are a few here or there, but I know that the midwife's daughter had come down with the sickness, but she's on the mend. She has overcome the worst part of it, the wretched and the fevers. Do you mind if I see one of these people that are I cannot give you that permission. Perhaps you could point us in their direction. We would like to help them. All the able-bodied, they make their way to the center of town to dine in the evening. You are welcome to ask. All right. Well, before we leave from a medicine, when we saw the Burgomaster leaving a house, he locked it and he took off. Was that his house? Yeah, that's the one you're in right now. And since we've been in this home, we haven't heard any thing like we did it's only two rooms and they don't have doors right and you can look in one of them has four beds um and you i would say can easily discern that they're the individual beds of the children that they lost all of them are made and it's in pristine condition the room that you're in has the parents bed and it's like the small kitchen and a small sitting area so from the sound of the, the the his wife's voice it didn't we wouldn't immediately put any connection together that it was her screaming or any no like bizarre. The, the no, sc- the screaming was the other. It, okay, yeah. it wasn't from. Yeah, you, okay. so your attention sure. was turned towards the screaming that was over there. He locked his house okay. and it. went towards, which okay. was just the screaming of a woman okay. giving birth. Got it. <clears throat> um. Well. Perhaps is everybody eating now? Do we get the sense that like it's yeah? They, they were dishing there? out meals and people were sitting around the fire and they were enjoying food together. Yes, well, and that's where he had sent Anna to enjoy food with. Could you do, could you direct us to where your sons are buried? Roll a persuasion check. Ah, not bad. I think fifteen. Okay. If you would like to pay tribute to my sons, I will allow that. But the wound is fresh. I will not stand for insolence. 
We only mean to or disrespect. We only mean to bring respect and honor upon his task. And he picks himself up and he throws the hood of the cloak back over himself as he silently walks to the door, throws it open and ushers you outside. You follow him and you can hear now that the town itself is much louder. Um, people seem to be, there's a little bit of laughter. It's not like you experienced in the Vistani camp at all. It's still somber, but there is joy here. There is life here as the people in the very center of town are enjoying their dinner. And he skirts around the side of the house directly towards the back where you see a, a a picket fence that once had been white, but the paint itself is chipped off in most places, is now a dull beige, um, is some of the um, pieces of wood have been pulled from the ground. It's in a haphazard condition, but inside you see a small plot of gravestones. It seems to be the land of the land that's used specifically for the um, village or for the um, burgomaster and his family. As he walks you under a wrought iron arch and heads you directly to four small graves, one right next to the other. Three of them, um, completely packed down one of them definitely fresh the tombstone has the wings of an angel and the words Ilya our beloved the end of the line never to be forgotten as soon as the grave site comes into view and we're like walking around the side of the house I'm going to lean forward in Sarnax's ear hole and whisper <laughs> harshly no funny business now Sarnax understood none intended shepherd um, while so while we pay our respects, I would like to kind of stand in the back and start to ritually cast tech magic. Uh, while we're just roll a sleight of hand. Uh, eighteen. Okay, he walks you towards the the graves, and he places his hand on the first, the second, the third, and then finally Ilya's. And you see as he gets down on his knees and he places his hands onto the earth and he bows his head as he begins to mutter. And at first you're, you can't understand what he's saying. It's soft and it's rushed. And this land is so strange. You feel a sense of nervousness, but it's not a chant. It's a prayer. And you see the tears that roll down his face as he bows over the grave of his son. He says nothing more to you as he uses this moment as well to pay respects and tribute to the one he has recently lost. Sound like he's praying to the morning lord? Yes. I'll wait for him to pray and then I will um, walk up and sit back on my knees in front of like each grave and also... Um, offer a small prayer to the souls that once were in your children's bodies. I hope that they have found peace. We miss them great, greatly. We hope that you are resting in a better place. And I will uh, just like pull like all the way to the ground, like bow all the way to each one and give like the utmost respect to each. Um, and I will turn to him and I say, I, my 
bravest apologies that they passed so young, Dimitri. They did not deserve this. He nods at you, but he's paying attention to you. He's not, as long as you're not doing anything that's disrespectful, um, he's not judging or um, concerned with the respect that you pay. Mm. He's lost in thought and in the mourning of his son. This is still so fresh for him that being here, being near this stone is almost overpowering for him that he can't focus on anything but the body that lies there. And it's just the four graves there. Well, there, no there are other graves uh-huh. around, and you can easily do a cursory glance and see that they're, they all have the same last name um, from generations past. They're the family members that have died. Um, they don't go to whatever cemetery or plot of land that the rest of the village uses. This is specifically for the lineage, the heirs of Krez. Can I look over the horizon while he's praying at the other graves and just see if any of them look out of order? Like a turn yeah, door. roll a perception check. And everybody else. Are we, we all roll checks? You're saying no, no, I'm saying are you doing anything oh, else? Because yeah. right now everyone else is just standing there while Connor's doing I, stuff. So. I've just removed my hat and I'm just going to be silent and then, you know, kind of bow my head in, in reverence and, and be kind. Okay, Sarnax, would you like to say a few words? I would. You wayward souls in this dark land. You came to your end too early. But there is a light in the darkness, a light for the lost and the meek. May it guide you to your salvation and rest. And in the earth, your bodies will bring upon great renewal and create the growth that continues the cycle of life. And I'll just kind of cast my lantern into like bullseye mode. There's some kind of just bathe all of that, uh, the light across all the gravestones and I'll step back. And uh, looking around, all the graves seem to be in order. So I guess whenever detect magic, I feel like I would say right about that point um, and you let off this illumination of detect magic and see nothing. Um, Simply a, a small plot of graves. Uh, I am sorry for your loss, and I walk to the grave, and I will kneel down, and I will kind of, sort of, pretending to say a prayer. I just want to kind of get a look at the soil to see if I can sense while I'm down there, sort of investigate the soil to see if it's been disturbed more recently than maybe they, he died, I think, four days ago, five yeah. days ago? very recently. Okay. So roll, um, roll an investigation check. Or perception. Uh, that's a good roll. That is a pretty good roll. Let's see here. Investigation. <laughs> um, that is a, a 27. It looks like it was interred roughly around the time that he said, and it doesn't look like it's been disturbed since. Aside from, you can see a few handprints and things on it where it looks like both him and his wife have been out here to pay their respects and to spend time with their son. Uh, I'll stand up. I will turn to him with my hat back on. And uh, I will say, well, we... uh, 
can hopefully learn more about this werewolf situation at some point. But I need... This is a conversation we can have inside. All right. If you would like to talk, let us leave here. Yes. Thank you for your patience. I believe that we will let you get some rest. You've had a trying day, and we have other business to attend to. If you'd allow us, as Burgomaster, we'd like to speak with the others, perhaps in the town, and if there's anything we can help with regarding the sicknesses, we'd be very obliged to help with that. Unless you have the power to change the weather. There's nothing you can do about the sickness. It will happen. It is but nature's wrath. Perhaps we could. I have given my permission for you to speak to the townsfolk. Whether they will speak to you, that is their decision, not mine. Of course. Um, well, just before we go, I, I believe we can help this place. I believe we can help you restore Kresk to, as we're, as we're leaving, mm-hmm. um, I believe we can restore Kresk to uh, its former glory. And to do so, if you have any, in, any more information about the Abbey or the Abbot, please don't withhold it from us. I have not attempted to withhold anything. I've answered all of your questions. As for the Abbey, well, it has its secrets. All I know is that it is, it was once a bastion of St. Markovia, the greatest fighter Barovia had never known. She marched on Castle Ravenloft to, to rid this land of the Devil's Throd. It is there that she found her fate. The stories tell us that the abbot came <clears throat> and he tried to make it a bastion for good for the Morning War. But I sense no good from the abbot, from the abbey. That is what I know. Well, thank you. You are correct in your assessment. But we shall make it right. Sleep well with that knowledge. Shall we? Have a good evening, friends. Thank you, Dimitri. Good day. Thank you, Dimitri. And remember, there is always a light in the darkness. He looks at you and he shakes his head. To me, there is nothing but darkness. Good night. Good night. And turn and follow the professor. So I want to go to the middle of the town while the tech magic is still up. Just kind of walk through the villagers to see if I get any, like, any of them that look kind of sick, I just want to I will say it's easy enough as you get there that you can see that there are, that there's an elderly couple and both of them have a severe cough. Uh, people are seeming to stay away from them, but they are being fed uh, by a woman who's holding cloth over her face. Um, you attempt to get close enough to them. Um, and you do not detect any magic. Might be a dumb question, but does pneumonia exist? 
Sicknesses do exist. Is this just a thing? It's just a sickness. Right. Okay. But I don't want to be like, oh, that's pneumonia. You know, like, you know, if we didn't know that that's even a thing. Right. It's like pneumonia. Right. Doesn't exist, but pneumonia exists. Well, it's inflammation of the lungs. They're they're all sports. So, yeah, so I, I just wanted to confirm that it's that it not some, magical like, affliction. magical sickness to, to harvest corpses. It's just a sickness. Um, so, even so, perhaps we could offer our, our skills to gather the medicine and the thoughts that they can give to anything to help these poor people. They might not be able to afford medicine because they're dwindling numbers, so if we're able to make a donation of some kind or get in touch with Father in Velaki. I'm descending. I believe at the very least if we can these werewolves steal, stealing children in the night, that's the most curious thing of all of this. Do you think they're allied with the Countess? I think that there is power in youth, regardless. I do not know who is allied with whom anymore, but I would not oppose putting a stop to that as well. We may find more answers to questions that we have. You know, something that the, uh, the Burgermaster said kind of uh, stuck with me for a minute, and I can't seem to let it go. Uh, well, I, I know that, that what we saw up there is what we saw. I'm assuming we're talking. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. You have moved. You've moved out of the um, the illumination, and you're up against one of the. Um, one of the abandoned homes. I know, I know that what we saw there is what we saw. It was unspeakable, but if the Abbot was gonna take a dress in his infinite madness or whatever it is, uh, was gonna take it as some sort of payment to, 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 to resurrect this, this young man, I can't help but maybe think that if we could just uncorrupt him, I mean, it sounded like he, he was here to do good in the first place. If, if just existing here in Barovia or, or something happened that, that made him the way that he is now, if we could undo it, I mean, he's some sort of a, of a powerful heavenly being. It could do wonders for, for this entire land, not even just the city. I mean, look, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't have the answers. I'm not, I'm not, I don't do the magic stuff, but... I, I I can't help but think that there might still be good deep down in there. And, and besides, what are we going to do? We're going to go get him a wedding dress. We're going to convince him to come down here, here so that he can resurrect the kid, and then we're just going to kill it? We're going to do none of those things. And uh, you're not for all. He, he did seem at one time to be a being of good, but to undo hundreds of years of corruption and madness, perhaps created by the very land itself, it seems... Unlikely. And and if putting him down is, is, is a mercy and, and is the only way to, to, to fix it, then fine. But I'd hate to just blow an opportunity or march straight to our deaths. Well, I believe that investigating the outskirts of the town, perhaps not collecting medicine, but making it safe for the able body to go back into the woods to, to collect the herbs and, and medicinal properties they need may be the best course of action to to uncover more. It may just be random werewolves, but it feels like a plot to me. We have a few days of, a few hours of daylight left. Perhaps we just take a quick look outside the town 
and we investigate, see if we can uncover any tracks and perhaps find some den and none more. If Shepard feels capable of tracking, then that could be the best course of action. Damn right I do. And I, speaking frankly, am not afraid of the darkness of night. We did see those abominations stitched together with all various kinds of creatures. We could very well bump into the abbot in the forests, maybe collecting animals of the night to create these abominations. Well, shall we enjoy a quick meal with these townsfolk and then head out? If you want to find a professor, I'll find him. I do not think we should be consuming the food here. I do not wish to be cruel, but I do not deem it wise. Nah, I'm a Sarnix on that one. Well, I don't think that there's anything wrong with it, but it would be horrible to take the food of people who have nothing. Exactly right, Irina. We have much. They have little. When we saw the moral um, folk, did they look stitched together? No. Would we know like about them? Like, are they a naturally occurring thing? You've never seen anything like it before. Okay, got it. They were not stitched together. They no, were not. They're just made of just, they just the look bride. Like lots of different types of. Animals the only one, together. the only thing you saw that was stitched together was uh, Vaselka, yeah. which was the girl. Okay. So the the beings that we saw were just different parts of them were different animals, but mm-hmm. they looked like they were not stitched together. Yeah, like yes. they just looked like they were. They were, like, they were like, like um, you've seen Batman Beyond. They're like the, the slices. They're like yeah. slices. Yeah, yeah, they're like they're like you know, boomers or, uh, or chimeras or whatever. Yeah. 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 Oh, okay. Um. All right. Good point. Well, perhaps we leave now then. <clears throat> At your word. Yes. All right. Uh, let us go. And he said the west of town, I think he said, right? East of town. Oh, east of town. East. Okay. Yeah, I might have said west, but I meant east. Okay. So we yeah. will head out the gates, assuming we get let through. They don't seem to stop you. They seem to have had word that you are free to come and go as you please. And then I will allow Shepard to to lead the way and, and track through through the woods. Yeah, so once we get in the forest, I'm going to... I, I'm assuming I've never seen a werewolf before. I don't know what type of... You know, from a meta perspective out of character, I don't know what type of creature they are. Um, I don't know if they're... What are they? Um, they're, they're technically shape changers, which yeah. I think is a dumb... like. It's all. It's always like a really dumb, like a succubus is a fiend is a shape changer. So anything they can change. It's a shape. humanoid. Okay. Oh, okay. What I was gonna do was try to, in my infinite wisdom, uh, look for wolf tracks that don't seem like normal wolf oh. tracks. I would assume if somebody were like, hey, you know, it's a shape changing wolf, I would want to look for something where I would say, hey, this looks like it might have been a wolf, but something's off. Right, so that way I'm not just tracking normal wolves. Okay, roll for survival. Looking for odd, bizarre things. Um, And I have your proficiency bonuses doubled for those things when I'm in there. So this is just you said survival. Yep. Okay. And you're just right outside of town. That's not a d20 at all. I think we're like heading out because it's it's night now. So yeah, I think we you're going go. into the woods yeah, at night. That's what that's what the professor would like to do. Was it? it no, I'm being paid to not ask questions. 
So evening is now descended. Uh, I think that we can at least look for tracks and kind of get information. They created shepherd. their bonfire. They're having dinner. We'll, we'll take a quick look around, but maybe not that. I'm saying you, you would now. <laughs> well, if you didn't know that, no, like you I would know, know that because you would be seeing it. I won't add my proficiency bonus or double my proficiency bonus, so I just get a 15. You look around and you definitely find wolf tracks. It's difficult because there are many types of wolf tracks. Sure. Some that look like they could fit the profile of dire wolves. Some that fit sure. your standard wolves. Um, some that seem to be moving in unison like a pack. Um, but you do see here and there some that seem to go from wolf to boot print. Hmm. Well, I, I've got some sort of a track here. I, it's a little off. I don't really know what it is, but it's it's unlike some things I haven't really seen before. Uh, what do you think? I mean, I, we could follow them. We could see where they go. Uh, it's up to you. Are they leading into the woods? Great question. Yes. They are. So... Perhaps it's best not to follow them just now. Not. I do not fear the darkness, but do we need the cover of darkness to investigate the Abbey? Was that not our original plan? Well, that's true. What do we know about werewolves and like how they transform and stuff? Um, roll, uh, roll a history check. Just him? Um, he's the one asking, so... <laughs> Press your needle, no shit. Um, I will use a clairvoyancy point on that. What's a clairvoyancy the luck, point? Oh, the luck. oh, I'm like, <laughs> what? Uh, that's better. Just making sure. Uh, a 24. Uh, I mean, you, you know that it is a curse that uh, happens upon a human. You've read about it in all of your studies um, on just different entities across the lands. Um, so you've studied a little bit about werewolves. Um, so you know that it comes from a curse. You know that um, there is, for all intents and purposes, no way to cure it uh, once someone becomes a werewolf. Uh, that they... The moon has a huge factor into it. You never really did a ton of studying about them, but you know what basically Richie knows about werewolves. Clayton knows about werewolves. So I know that their shape changes and the moon has something to do with it. Okay, no, shut up. Um, <laughs> I I look uh, I I look up at the moon at the sky. Is it a full moon? Um the moon is bright, but it's hard to tell. By the cover of clouds. Um, based on what I know, that they can transform between human and wolf, uh, and in a mix of both. I would say that you are would be familiar enough to know that once they're a werewolf, they can shape change at will. At will. Okay, got it. If we could just get a look at one, even even just a slight glimpse, I, I bet you I could learn a bit more. These are their woods. I'm afraid that if we go in there, we may be outnumbered. Well, that's a given. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. If we can lure them out somehow, not saying that we'd go fetch a child. I I don't want to be, you know, the stick in the mud here, but is there a reason 
is we had this plan and we're just diverting all of a sudden because someone says the word werewolves. Uh, is this something we should be doing or is this just a fancy that the professor has? Just bear with the professor. It's the thing he does every once in a while. He's, he's a well, little distractible. I would not like to get myself killed in the woods before I'm able to find a home for the children. We're not going to let that happen. To be fair, we did promise the plan to Irina. We should stick to it. Well, darkness is our ally. Yes, yes. I just was hoping to learn. I was hoping to learn more. We can venture off some kind of connection. If we survive the evening, we can venture off into the woods in the morning once we have rested, Professor. What do they say? Out of the fire, into the frying pan, vice versa, whichever direction. Just on to the next threat. Yes. Okay, fair point. Fair point. You're right. Well, we did learn something. I said, I'm scribbling down in my notes. There do appear to be werewolves in the area, but these walls seem to protect against the werewolves to some degree. Um, if there is any connection, perhaps we can learn more about it tomorrow. All right, yes. Uh, back inside and onward. All right, sir. Are you well? Uh, yes, of course I'm well. I'm, I'm just trying to keep everyone safe and get us home. And knowledge is how we do that. Knowledge is power. Very well. All right. I, I, to I, Abby. I lead us back, and I would like to just not, like, I don't want to draw attention to ourselves, but I want us to kind of lead to the alley as, and once we get closer to the, to, to, to the Abbey, I want, to, I want us to, I guess, stealth. If so, um, if you remember, the Abbey is at the very back of the town. There's right. only mm-hmm. one um, access to it. It's through the town proper. Yeah, so and the it's town. a winding path that goes up to it towards the gates. Okay. Victoria, maybe if later would allow, we could, could slither into the abbey under their protection. Yes, I, I think that would be wise. I try not to call upon my guard for trivial moments, but this seems appropriate. You're doing great good here, Victoria. Certainly try um, So I will. I'll take out my brand new prayer beads that I got at <laughs> Mary Lou Rose. Hey! Hey! hey, and I'm gonna pray to Beta, God upon the rock, let us pass, so that we may do good and take suffering from others upon ourselves. And leave this a better place than we found. Pray, shadows of wickedness. And shadow begins to billow out around you. You've, you have made your way through town. Uh, people don't seem to notice you. Their um, attempt in what their their uh, attention is drawn to what they're doing and the the communal uh, feasting that they're having. And you make your way through town as you get to the base of this winding path that leads up to the hills towards the darkened abbey. You pray to your God, and the shadow spills forth around you as you all make your way up the path. So go ahead and roll for stealth with uh, plus five to that. Damn it, that's two ninety one in a row. Fresh. Stroll plus five. Dirty twenty. Not bad. I got a fifteen. Twenty two plus five? Two. Yep. Twenty two. Nineteen. Oh, I'm gonna roll for Irina. It's gonna be a yikes. She gets plus five as well, right? Yes, she does. Thank God. I got a nine. Okay, you you begin to make your way, and I'm gonna hood my lantern. 
uh, darkness continues to descend over the land around you. And as you walk, you can see the puffs of smoke uh, every time that you breathe as the temperature drops as you climb higher upon this hill. You can see that far off past the abbey, um, the snow-capped mountains are still visible in the faint moonlight around you. And you make your way, apparently unseen. You find yourselves once again at the gates of the Abbey of St. Markovia, and all is not quiet here. You can hear the screaming and the, the grinding of bones and things coming from that long hallway where you, where you saw the Mongol folk being fed their um, strange assortment of limbs and flesh. And you can still hear them now. They're loud. But all else, everywhere else, is quiet. As you look up at the roof of the abbey towards the second, the second story, you can see lights flickering here and there through the small slits in the sides of the walls. Slit the slotted windows. You can't see in, but there is life, at least some semblance of it. You stand before the gate. You found yourselves at the base of the Abbey of St. Markovia. The gates loom ahead of you. You're shrouded in the swirl of shadows gifted to you by the prayer beads around Victoria's neck. Uh, now, I know... Uh, Miss Irina here keeps saying that we have a plan. Are we all on the same page here? What are we doing? Our plan is to sneak in and begin investigating. Hopefully the abbot is asleep. If angels need to sleep. So if it comes to blows, though, we're letting loose. Well, yes. Stealthily if we can, but we may not need to until we encounter the abbot himself. Plan A. Sneak and learn what we learn. Plan B, use Miss Irina as a bargaining chip. Plan C is coming to blows. All right. I think the I think what Victoria said earlier that the abbot and the people that the, the creatures here may be curable. They may be reasoned with. I think fighting should be our second option, not our first. We try to go in and learn as much as we can, and maybe see what we can do to help them. They may need as much help as the city of Crest does. Alright, just making sure we're all on the same page. I don't wish to bring any more attention to this town that they have. They've had enough darkness upon them. I won't bring more at my hands. Understood. Alright. So, do we have ideas for getting over the wall, or should I take one of you with me up there and drop a rope? Oh, the gates are closed, you said. Does it look scalable? You could try. It's a stone wall. What do the gates look like? Um, they are wooden gates. They were locked and they were opened by the two Mongol folk Right. Okay. Right, right. okay. Yeah. So not scaled. Professor, how are you feeling? And I do not mean in the sense of are you well, but if you, f- I think that would be our best option. None of us are the acrobatic type. Well, let me take a look. I, I, how, how tall is the wall? Sorry. Um, it's about 40 feet. Um, 
Yes. Uh, well, 40 feet. I can go about yeah, 30 feet. I have feet of dimension. Yeah. Well, I'm hoping to use, use a lower spell slot. Oh, I see. Um, but... I could attempt to climb Ah oh, yes, you're 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 now skilled at climbing as of two levels ago. Very athletic, oh, right? Have the athlete feet. You, she has athlete's feet. <laughs> climbing doesn't cost me extra movement, and you can make a running high jump in this case. I could try to move back and then cling onto a part of the wall and try to make my way up. Why don't we attempt that? And if we need to, I can get up there mm-hmm. if that plan fails. And how tall is the wall? About 40, 40 feet. 40 feet? Okay. Um, be careful. Thank you. So running high jump after moving only five feet on foot rather than ten. So I can move five feet back, make a running high jump. But I think that's equivalent to my strength score modifier for running jumps. Forgot what we it means to be better to climb because you don't know if you might, you know, might be harder to kind of latch Because if you on. run and jump, but you hit the surface, you're not going to have anywhere to find purchase. Mm. So you'll just slide down. Okay. I'll just start climbing up <clears throat> if I can. Yeah. I guess how does, if you don't have climbing athletics speed. Track. Athletics track. Athletics track. Uh, 12. Um, okay. You... I would say you would need something to assist you. You think you could do it, but just hands and feet-wise, um, you're not going to be able to find. You could maybe get 10 feet up before you realize that, like, this is smooth stone walls. Uh, There's really nowhere for you to well put your defended. fingers or your, your feet. I can't find any good notches to put my feet in. Professor, it may be worthwhile to just bite the bullet, so to say. I feel that I could break a piece of the wall to cause such a commotion. It would give us away. Yes, Hide the sound by some We have rope, right? Yes. Okay, I'm going to uh, bring Shepard with you. I got about 50 feet of rope. Let us go then. I'll put my uh, my hand on your shoulder and a uh, very lovely arcane door. <laughs> will open up and be a kind of like a shimmering uh, blue door will open up and we'll walk through. I don't think I'm ever going to get tired of that. (laughs) Uh, We will appear on top of the wall. Need your roll for initiative? I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to get my rope out. I just really wanted to do that. Is there anything in my corner? <laughs> Is there anything at the top of this wall for me to tie rope to? You appear out of the door and immediately you jump back as you see the figure of a guard. Um, its arm raised in the air as if it's ready to strike. And it takes you a moment before you realize that this is the same scarecrow that you remember seeing upon first entering, wearing the garb of the guards. And you begin to look around, you see all along the pathway along this gate, um, there are small, um, there are small alcoves where previously guards would have sat and they would have, um, they would have, kept watch over the land and over this place. And in all of the outposts, you see figures. But now that you know them, you can tell they're all scarecrows from one end of the abbey to the other. And as you look around, you're easily able to see um, metal 
uh, metal placards where chains or manacles could be um, kept in case the guards had prisoners or the like up here. You're able to easily secure one of the ropes to one of these, the, the sturdiest that you can see bolted into the into the stone and let the rope down to your friends. And with that, I won't make you all make uh, acrobatics to climb up. With the help of your friends, you can easily be able to. Um, assuming Kana, with her capable climbing speed towards the back, really helping to get everybody up. Um, and it, it, takes, it takes about 15 minutes, I would say, with you being quiet and careful so as not to draw attention to yourselves before you finally, um, all of you have ascended over the wall. You're now on um, you're now on the what's a parapet of the of the wall here. Um, oh, we're on looking this side. down at the courtyard in front we're of over you. here, like map wise. Yeah, we're, we're, we're over here. Would there be stairs now down from any of the guard towers? I would say, looking in, you can see that there's a spiral staircase that goes from the main guard ter- tower at either side of the door directly down to the ground. I'll I'll begin to untie the rope and recoil it up and stick it in my pack. Then you do that. All right, let's climb down and continue on. Yeah, I'll just point over to the staircase or whatever. And Where should we begin our search within the Abbey, Professor? I believe, based on what we learned last time, to the right was the Abbey itself, and to the left were the stables. Something. Where they kept all of the... Did we know? Did we only see the one front entrance, though? The double yes. doors in the front of the Abbey? Yes. What I'm worried about is there may not be another right. entry point. Do you want to? I do feel strongly that we need to see what's within those stables, but perhaps later. I feel the creatures within will make so much noise. Well, if there's windows or something, we can just peek it. And while we're looking for another entrance or something, I just don't want to go waltzing in through the front gates. Uh, yes, I believe we should uh, continue onward towards the the main gates, and once we're inside. Uh, once we're inside, we could... Is it worth investigating where the mongrel folk are held? I believe that would raise alarm, given how loud they are. And again... They're, you can hear them. They're, they're loud right now. So okay, they're, so like, screaming and yelling and, like... Um, and it's not even necessarily screams of pain. It's just these inhuman howling. It's almost as if that's how they're communicating. And they're just, they're incredibly loud. You hear banging of chains and things against walls, those that might be manacled together. Um, the sound of things breaking apart and crashing. You feel, I would say, now that you're up here, you feel like the noises that they're making is giving you a significant amount of cover right. from being detected in as long as they don't have a way to raise any kind of alarm, then, uh, you know, I'm with you. Getting information on what's going on could <laughs> be key. Yes, we, I believe, first we investigate. Perhaps we can try to learn what we can from the stables if they're going to be howling either way. And hopefully they don't alert us if they can... Those two that we met could speak common, but the, the rest, the, the, the foul creature that we met that was chained up was just screaming. <clears throat> I don't understand what makes them be so calm while the others are barreled. We'll just proceed with stealth and caution and get as close to the stables as we can get. Yes. And we'll go from there. All right. Let's go. So we will try to stealth up here, I guess. Have we seen any... Have we been to any or seen any churches of um, the Moon Mother? You have not. Okay. Mm -hmm. Is it Moon Mother? Is that... that That's just one of her names. Okay. 
Um, so we will approach the the main gate. Um, how how tall is it? Um, is it like scalable or or are the doors open? The, oh. the doors aren't open, but this this is more like a um, this is more a gate than okay. it is like wooden doors and um, like parapets. This is simply just a locked gate. There's chains wrapped through it. Um, if you were like maybe a halfling and like super tiny, you might even be able to squeeze in okay. between some of it. It looks like you could pick the lock and slowly move the the chains off of it and open the gate. Professor, should we lap the perimeter? Of but it's the, maybe like ten feet. See if there's a way in in the back, like we did with the uh, Walker house. Maybe this would be draw too much attention since we saw a creature in the, in the foyer last time. Uh, I want to peek, peek through. Do I see anything? Uh, looking in, you see you you see it just as you left it. The same mongrel folk that's tied to the wooden post is there. Um, on its back, its bat wings can be seen um, beneath its body as it at first appears to be looking towards the sky, but you see the slow rise and fall of its belly, which looks um, protruberant almost, full. And it is fast asleep, the scattered bones of whatever um, it had consumed scattered all around it. Some of them broken and smashed as if it had taken them and um, smashed them into the ground, splintering them. But now that it's full, now that it's feasted, it is fast asleep. I believe we understand that the backside of this abbey is up against a uh, very steep cliff. And so I, I don't see any sign of them. I believe we should just make haste. Can you pick the then lock? I will professor? take my uh, thieves' tools and attempt to pick the lock here. We get the stealth for a while, right? Yeah, for an hour. There was a back entrance in the Lady Walker's house. I just suggested that may be a less suspicious way than picking the front lock. Though somebody may be on patrol and they may notice that it's unlocked. Do we? Did we ever come over here when no, we were up there last we time? Not. You did not. Never. So we do not know that there is another entrance. So I'll have my thieves' tools as I'm about to pick them. Suppose if we just go around the uh, left side of this building. Quickly, we can see if there are any other doors, but if not, we can return here. So, yeah, we will come around and, I guess, check for any other any other ways in. Uh, Sarnax, do you have the ability to silence things in case we run into trouble? Professor, I normally probably do, if I know my class. <laughs> did you prepare for that spell in the morning? I did not prepare. That would have been very wise. <laughs> But I did not assume you were going engaging in a stealth mission. It's been a very long day. <laughs> it has. So you make your ways around, shrouded in the shadows, under the veil of night, and just by happenstance, um, covered by the ever-present sounds of mongrel folk. As you make your way around, you come to, nestled between rising and plunging cliffs, are four rectangular garden plots enclosed by a five-foot-high wall of mortared stones. White rabbits nibble on turnips uprooted by the cold. Two lifeless scarecrows with stuffed gullets and sackcloth heads hang from wooden crosses, pounded into the cold harbor. The abbey's east wing looms over the garden, shattered windows dark and disturbing. 
a door leads into this forlorn edifice, which apparently is as abandoned as one might have hoped. Within, and the laughter and the wailing of things that should not be. A door is locked. Maybe you'll try. You place your hand upon the doorknob and immediately feel the coldness of it. The metal towards the outside and the frigid winds coming down off the mountain. It's almost too cold to touch, but you grasp it, slowly turning, creaking of the lock. As it clicks, push it open. The smell that billows out from you is horrific. The smell of decaying body parts, of fecal matter, of dust and grime. All, all unimaginable things. Before you is a long hallway that stretches forward, doors on either side. Is it dark inside? It is very dark inside. Am I still able to see? Like peering in the doorway? Yes, it does not appear to be in the dark. Okay. Uh, would the two of you like to go first? Yeah, I guess so. I can't see. And I'm gonna lose. Oh. I'm gonna lose judgment. Now you can. Perhaps go in a little stealthy. Shepherd, be our eyes. Yeah, just everybody stay behind me, one hand on everybody's shoulders, and then and nobody go too quick, alright? And you can see too, right? I can see. Okay, so then we'll, I'll go first and we'll just be. It is bet. pure black for you. So I just want to make sure there's nothing in the immediate hallway other than these doors, like there's no creatures or critters littering the. As you look through, the lightless corridor has multiple doors behind which lie creatures that shatter the quiet with their mad cackles and cursed whispers. The stench is overpowering, and even in the gloom, you can make out a monstrous shape lumbering down the hall. As you look forward, when the darkness can no longer hide its true nature, your eyes are treated to a terrifying, seven-foot-tall assemblage of human body parts. I need you all to roll for anything. Oh, oh my god! No! I was literally going to be like, turn around and push everybody out the door, like close the door quietly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and be like, just, like, you can't go in there! Oh, come on, Scooby-Dooby! I, I, I don't care for it! Oh my god! It's sauce! It's sauce! Fuck, man. Ooh, Ooh, could be worse. Body. Ooh. Okay. One day, I'm gonna read this terrifying journal to my children. Just, or they'll pick it up and be like, Mommy, what's with this really sad and scary diary? I'm it somewhere so they find it Yeah, one day, and I'm going to have to scribble out all the Victoria notes. All right, you see as he, um, as this creature, um, it appears to be the sticks together body parts of all types of, of humanoids, as well as you look closer, even Mongol folk. Um, as one of its arms moves forward, you see that beneath it, another small arm protruding from the side. Um, bones exposed, the rotting flesh of whatever this had been beforehand still deteriorating as it, sh- as it shambles forward. Its head is partially sewn on, and as you look closer, you see that it's not just one head, but multiple. Um, and 
this this creature, seven foot tall, looming over you is absolutely horrific as it moves in and it is going to get directly in melee range with whoever was in first. God! <laughs> okay. Bring it on, big guy. Let's go. It is going to make two slam attacks um, down on you. One of its arms is incredibly hulking and strong. The other is still muscular, but not nearly as strong as the other. Both seem to be from different entities. Um, And that is going to be a... um, 21 is the lowest one to hit. They both hit. uh, So on the first one, I'm going to hellish rebuke. Does it have eyeballs? Uh, I has multiple eyes. I am going to use my reaction to blind it when it is swinging in with its big, uh, its big boy uh, hand, and to give it disadvantage on it. <laughs> One Watch of them hits. <laughs> and like, as a, a, a blast of blinding light shoots from my Sorry, lantern. Honest, looking, uh, it doesn't look. Yeah, no, it's not immune to blind. Four or four right here. Um, and it has vision. So. 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 One hits. One hits. So I'm still going to hellish rebuke that. Um, so it's a just. I, I believe. Fifteen points of damage. Oh boy! I'm taking the fifteen. Uh, applying the changes, and then it's three d ten. Dex eleven save for you. Uh, no, I rolled two. Hot dog. Working. Pretty good. Ooh. That's going to be 19 points of damage. So upon getting the, the I guess the one misses after Sarnax blinds him, and then once getting hit uh, from the second one, my skin will like flare, and and his the upon making contact, his hand will get singed for 19 points of damage. Whoa! That's fire damage. Okay. You said 19 points? 19. All right. Uh, You let out this burst of hellfire, and you watch as the flesh um, on this creature begins to melt away, and as you stare directly into it, you see embedded in the chest the the image of a face, but it's stretched, it's pulled taut, and you see where it's stitched around the underside of its armpits. The um, eye holes completely empty as you watch a beetle crawl out and skitter down its side as it begins to drip almost like wax as the flesh begins to melt away. It takes a bit of damage. Ah! Holy crap, Nikki. Yeah, sorry. I am going to um, look at it, and I'm going to... I think I can use a bonus action to unhood. Can I... I basically want to basically... We're not trying to be stealthy, so I uh, immediately shine light so everyone can see uh, as I'm doing this. Inside, and, right? Inside. Okay. Yeah, inside. And it does, does the light that I'm now illuminating reveal anything additional? Is like people are screaming towards us. <laughs> it's just this one creature. Just this one creature. This one okay. creature that's coming towards them. I am. You seem to be patrolling the hallway. I am going uh, to. Uh, um, uh, look at it and say, be blinded by the light, and I am going to use my Lantern of Heretical Souls to uh, try to blind the creature uh, and needs to make a con saving throw or be blinded for one minute. Or revved it up like a juice. 
Uh, 20. Okay, yeah, he succeeds. That's my turn. <laughs> Shepard. Um, after having just gotten punched in the head by this thing, I'm gonna Dark Souls uh, roll around him <laughs> to get to behind him, using my bonus action to, not leaving his, his yep, staying no, in the alien range, uh, using my bonus action to, to uh, Slayer's Prey him, <laughs> and then I'm gonna fire off two attacks with my action. Okay. Uh, okay. Well, I got two tens, uh, which is going to be plus you do the battle. So twenty for each. Uh, yeah, both of the same. Uh, so then that's going to be one d five plus five plus five. <laughs> so that'll be six, and then uh, eleven plus ten is uh, twenty one. Plus the Slayer's Parade damage happens once. So that's t- 26 points of damage for two attacks. Bang, bang! You, um, you leap over him, uh, avoiding touching him, and as, as he makes a move around you, you uh, move backwards and barely skirt around him, and you see beneath his arm a maw, sharp, razor-like oh, teeth that no. chomps and chomps as if it's alive. And as he moves, he doesn't seem to notice as you spin around him, and you let loose two bolts into his back. He rears forward. You hear the mouth beneath his arm scream out in pain, um, and he takes that damage. Shepard also screams. It is your turn. <laughs> My turn? Yeah. So with Sentinel attack, when it says a creature within five feet of you makes an attack against a target other than you, if I have reach, does that become ten or is it only five? It's only five. Okay, good to know. I will run up next to um, Shepard, so just assume I am immediately to his right. Mm-hmm. And I can see this now because of his lantern being yes. open, right? Okay, so I'm not a disadvantage here, um, but what I will do is I will use my bonus action to channel my fighting spirit to give myself advantage on this strike mm. with my Nagdada. Slice it uh, up. That should be a 23 to hit. Uh, and that'll be a D10 plus 5, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Nice. Uh, that'll be 13 points of slashing damage. 13? Yeah. It's a silvered slashing. I don't know if this makes any difference on this mofo. Um, uh, you you slash into it and you feel that you are ripping uh, sinew and chunks of bone from him, but it seems to be taking less damage than you had expected. Mm. And as you look, you actually feel like you're, you're moving your blade through its body, but it doesn't seem to be hurting it, hurting it at all. Uh, I notice this. Yeah. Can I take out my blood spear the, as my other attack, the Kavan one that I got earlier? Yes, but I think you have to drop your Naginata. So you'd have to drop it on the ground. Can I use an op- free object interaction to switch out weapons? Not to switch. You'd have to... And that's why you have to drop it. Have so you can ball. pull it, that's an your free object interaction. Either away or, so or stowing or, or pulling out a weapon is one free object interaction. But then you have to drop whatever weapon you're holding. So you can either stow or okay. you can pull, otherwise you can you drop So I can drop out. and pull it out? Yes, so okay. you just have to drop your Naginata. So you risk whatever could happen with that. Um, I'll do that just because I've never used this weapon before and uh, I think I would like to do that. And I still have advantage on this because it's uh, weapon attack rolls. It doesn't mm-hmm. say it has to be mm-hmm. the one that you're wielding. Um, I gave five temporary hit points. I'm just going to note that now. 
And so I have advantage. I'm going to attack my blood spear. And that's a plus eight still. Okay, 26 to hit. That hit. And this is magical. Let's see here. Magical weapon. Uh, D, it's piercing. So let's see if this does D8. Um, nice. So this is, uh, that's going to be 11 points of piercing damage. Magical piercing. Magical piercing. You pierce into it with this blood spear, the blood spear of Kavan, and you rend the flesh and you see where bits of ooze and pus begin to spill forth from the wounds. It is cut deeper into the height of this thing. You hear the mouth on the underside begin to let out this horrific stream as it does seem to take the damage from this. Okay, and uh, that'll be my turn. I'm gonna hold up my my hand and a, a a black flame will kind of lick up from my fingertips and I'll cast it out towards uh, aiming at like the really horrifying face that you described and uh, let loose the fireball with a natural one. So that will blow up in my face. You let forth the firebolt, but you are so distracted as you look into this, you channel it towards the face that's stretched across its chest. And as you begin to to channel your magic, you see as the mouth itself opens up and lets out a wail. It's lips are stretched tight but the sound echoes throughout this dark hall and you shoot your fireball or fire blast off into the distance. Uh, Clay. Uh, oh, whimper. Do it. Do it. Do it. How's he looking? Looking fine. It's, it's, it's fine as a horrible stitch yeah, abomination. I mean, it, it, it's hard to discern <laughs> a sense of life in this, Big considering boy. what it is. And is it, is it basically the same construction as, uh, what's her name? The, the girl. Yes. The Silka, yes. Uh, we don't have time for this, uh, Dispelion, or whatever the hell it is. And I cast Dispel Magic on it. Um, and so you have to... So I guess you have to roll. Depends on if it's above a certain level. It's third. It's so depending on what level third. you're casting it at. Roll for it. Well, only cast on it, though. Okay. Because you can power it up, right? And then that makes it... Yeah. A little easier. I can, the DC. but well, no, I'm not. I mean, it's, it's been a long shape. day. As far as <laughs> yeah, right. It has. It's been a very long day. Here we go. Uh, Twenty one. You cast your spell and you feel the magic course throughout your body as you shoot it forward, and you you stare at its face as its eyes go dark and it continues to lumber for towards you. Oh shit, it's different! <laughs> so, they, so his eyes, uh, you said they got dim? It just, like, they got dark, like, almost as if he got angry as he lumbers continued. Was there any effect that we could visibly see other than he got dark? No. Okay. Irina. Uh, you see Irina towards the back. I, this is this is not a wolf. Do do I do I do I stab it? Do I move forward? Stay behind us, please. Do you don't want me to stab it? No, do not stab it. Look the size of its arms. <laughs> Irina will pass kidding? her turn and step behind whoever's in the back. She's yeah. already behind me. Yeah, she's, she's like in the back. she's cowering. She can dodge. It is. She'll take the dodge action. Perfect. Uh, it is now his turn. You let's see here. Let's see how this goes. 
Um, you see, as this creature, its eyes having gone dark, it's staring directly towards Clayton, almost as if it knows somewhere deep in one of its brains what you've attempted to do. As you see, it begin to spin its arms, it hunkers down, and it begins to go absolutely berserk. Its mouths all over its body are frothing. You see faces where there hadn't been faces open up in the flesh. One of them, uh, directly near its abdomen, opens up and begins to wail, and you notice that inside of its mouth are body parts and bones as they begin to spill out as he starts lashing and wailing away at whoever is the closest to him. Um, Connor and Shepard. Yeah, there's two of us. Nearest creature can see. So we're behind. We're behind, so these, uh, uh, we're behind it. Okay. So I'm going to use, I'm gonna use a D2. One is Sarnax, two is Victoria. One. So it's going after Sarnax. Is it moving? Huh? Is it moving? Uh, yes, it's going to lumber forward. I would like to make an opportunity attack. I'm it gonna, takes, um, can I make it a reckless attack? What? Can I make it a reckless oh, attack? Yeah. yeah, of course. I'm going to make it a reckless attack. Okay. Power attack. Yeah. So Overpower, it, whatever. It takes Power 12 attack. points of piercing damage. And that's magical, right? And it's magical piercing. And because I have the sentinel feet, its movement is, uh, the speed becomes zero for the rest of its turn. But that's after it moves. So it's moved yeah. once. It's moved so once. It's yeah. range. Range. So it's in range. range. So it's in range. Yes. Okay. So it can't move any beyond that point. Yeah, that's fine. So close. Uh, Shepard. I got an 18. Okay, that hits. Bam. And I'm just trying to say this is the first time each turn that I hit the target. So it's. My turn's already. I don't want to double up on the Slayer's Prey damage, is what I'm trying to say. So the first. So. Say it again. Can you re- it just says the first time each turn that you hit that target with a weapon attack. So each turn, so this is a different turn, so yes, it counts. But then on my turn, I'll have already dealt the Slayer's Prey damage. No, it's a different turn. Okay, so it's not a round, it's yeah, specifically it's his turn. turn. If it's okay. like your it's turn, his turn. Turn. Work. it's his turn. But it's his turn. So um, it's turn. So in that one attack, it will be 24 points of damage. Golly, jeepers, it everyone. lumbers forwards, Kana. You take your, um, you take the spear and you slice into it, rending one of the uh, extra appendages uh, from its Fuck, yeah. back, slicing into it. You see a tongue flop out from deep within it um, as bugs begin to crawl out of the crevices. Maggots spill forth from the slice in its back. Shepard, you, um, you see as it stops. It can't. It's unable to move forward with the force of your strike. Shepard, you take this moment to shoot into it. Both of your blasts hit into it. You're sprayed with the viscous material um, from the inside of this creature as it takes the full brunt of this blast. It is looking incredibly weak, but it is still standing as it is going to rain down its berserking attack down onto Sarnax. I do not fear you. Um, It's first... um, Boogie Boogie, is that you? It's going to (laughs) make its first... One, or first set of slam attacks. No, is this a uh, Halloween special? <laughs> uh, 15 doesn't hit you, right? Nope. But the other one will well over 20. Uh, well, he's blinded, so we'll see what he he's gets. He's not blinded. I'm I'm using my reaction to Radiant Set. Oh, no, it's still going to hit. So you did not successfully blind him before. What? Did you not successfully? I didn't blind him, but I'm, I'm doing what you call it. I'm, I'm, you did not attempt to blind him yeah. with his feet. 
Oh. He changed what he did, right? 20 points of damage oh. for the oh. first set of attacks, but because he's berserking, he's going to make more. Oh, my God. Oh. One is a natural 20. Oh. Uh, nice. And then the other, is, uh, the other is an 18. 18 is probably, they probably all hit. I think it still hits, right? Yeah, they so all hit. just hit. took 20, and then you've got the 18 and the natural 20. Yeah. So I'm going to do first one. Nine points of damage for that one. Now you've taken 29 points of damage. Another 29? No, no. Just So you took the 20, yeah. and then you just took 9. Yeah, I'm just no making sure you've got that. Yeah. Now he's doing the crit. Uh, just making sure you got that. Um, Yikes. 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 Just 20 points of damage. Oh my 49 God. points of damage. Sorry. He went berserk. Sorry. Right. Sorry's got a lot of health. Sorry, yes. I'm fine. Okay. <laughs> that <laughs> is his turn. All right. Oh, I'm up. Are you? Are you? Are you okay? I'm fine. <laughs> I'm fine. I'm you see Dobro there. You got, you got hit so hard, he got knocked into Dobro. <laughs> yeah. I, I need yeah, a nice sandwich. Let me know. Oh, Hi, I am feeling. I am not feeling well. I'm going to look, and as a bonus action, I will say. The Fire Lord sustains me. I do not fear you. And I'm going to cast... Uh, fire is going to kind of uh, singe and cauterize my wounds as I healing word my biz. And I'm going to cast that, and then I'm going to say, and he casts his gaze upon you. You will now burn. And I'm going to cast... Um, uh, fuck it. I'm going to cast Scorching Ray, because fuck this guy. Let's go! And I am going to make... Uh, and I'm at disadvantage because he's directly in front of me. Wait, even with Warcaster? Is that how Yeah, no, it doesn't. It doesn't, it doesn't affect oh, that. Damn. Yeah. Okay, never mind, never mind. Sorry. Um, I wish, I wish. You have to move back, my The first one is going to be a 21 to hit. The next one, ooh, is going to be a natural one. The next one, ah, oh, was a natural 20. The other, it still hits, but it, I did not get a natural 20 yeah. because of that. So, two hits. so it is going to be ba 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 ba. Ba-ba. Actually, I'm gonna use my Sarnax fire dice for this. It is so that is scorching ray. It is. He's a dinosaur. Oh yikes! Not very good. Is he attacking with his bare arms? Yes. Ten points of fire damage. Wow, with all that, you did 10 Not that he has bare arms. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> yes. I roll, I roll, basically, when I roll D6, I roll 2 to 3. I roll Shade two of it all. Yeah. You, um, you singe your wound. You singe your wounds um, with the healing power of Garrix. And you let force a burst of fire from your hands, channeling it directly into this entity, um, aiming directly for an open wound on its stomach as you force the flame into it. It ignites, and you see as the skin and the flesh begins to pop, the smell of burnt flesh and burnt hair begins to fill and billow in this room around you as you see the entire thing ignite and go up into flame as bits and pieces of flesh fall from it. A head rolls out of one of its open mouths. Limbs fall this way and that until it turns into a pool of bubbling ichor on the floor in front of you. I immediately grab my Naginata. It had one hit point left after Shepard. Sorry, sir, are you alright, buddy? I am fine. Unbelievably foul. I'm going to kneel down next to Sarnax uh, while we're recovering and, and regaining ourselves, and I'm going to pull out some, some like medicinal herbs and some bandages or whatever. 
Uh, ten, ten, ten points. Hell yeah. Thank you very much. So I'm just flavoring my cure wounds as me doing, you know, like catch them up. Perfect. Oh, um, I'm gonna just lay my hand on myself. Stupid form, not necessarily, and I'll, I'll cast a major on myself. Okay. I'm immediately gonna kneel down and grab my knocking out off the floor and store it. Um, I'll have my blood spear out just for any other abominations that come by. Is everyone all right? I'm fine. Yeah, I mean, he got me a little bit, but I gave him a little one too. The nature of the magic to stitch that abomination together was different from uh, the stalker. Who I dispelled earlier. Just was foul that- magic at play. You, you weren't able to undo it. No, I was not. Wow. Damn. Can so you tell what it was? I, I believe that the magic created did just that. It created this being, and it was not an ongoing magic that kept it stitched together. It is wickedness. Through and through, this place is corrupted. Yes. Let us continue and purge the rest of the evil from this abbey. Yes. You think this was a creation by the abbot? Yes. Can we... The the little doors that lead into the stables, are they like... They have a pain or whatever? Uh, they look like they have a... Uh, they're, they're wooden doors. They seem to be completely closed. There's like no window or slot or anything that you need. So it's not like a horse stable. No, it's not a horse stable. Okay, got it. It's a part of the abbey. It looks like it maybe at one point was, um, you knew that this abbey used to have like a nunnery in it. Okay, so it's like... Uh, so it's, these could have been classrooms. These could have been rooms that people slept in. Um, but they are now being used to house the Mongol folk. Whatever, whatever's behind these doors, I don't think we want to go poking the hornet's nest here. I agree. So the, the mongrel folk can't see us. No. And you can, you listen and you can still hear the, the maniacal laughing, cackling, the noises of uh, breaking pieces of wood, the screaming, the scratching, all of the strange noises that you've been hearing since you ventured in to the Abbey of St. Markovia. Uh, they don't seem to have been disturbed at all by the noises you were making or to, or to have taken notice of them at all. We don't look at them now. I wish that we will come back before we leave this place. I won't leave these creatures to suffer. We will. Professor, I, I have seen you use your visible magic hand abilities. Is there anything on this corpse that may be useful? He, he might have been on patrol. Maybe there's a key on him that we may need later. Take a look. I don't know where he would keep it. I'm afraid to touch him with anything. I will say monum, and I will send my mage hand forward and just kind of feel around you in the muck. You send your mage hand forward, and you see as it delves into the, the viscous material of what once was this uh, fleshy abomination. You see as bits of bones um, and teeth begin to move forward around as it digs through the remains of this entity, but it is unable to find anything. Oh, hell, Professor, quit it, man. Proceed, please. And I will dispel the mage hand. I mean, are you all right? Well, physically, yes. Uh, Mentally, I'm not so sure. Um, Do you want to hop on my back and I can get you around the muck? Um, no, mainly because you are covered in the muck. Yeah, Yeah, touche. Um, let's just go through here and confirm that these doors just have the mongrel folk and let's continue onward. We don't need to investigate these small rooms, I don't think. Yeah, I'll just like street muck and gather your skirts and let's go. So, um... I looked down at my face. 
for the sake of brevity of these rooms, I'll you look at each one, so I'll tell you what we'll you find in. in each one. Right. Oh, um, these? Yeah. Oh, oh I, I thought, thought we, there were like monsters. That's what I was them. asking. I thought we couldn't look in. There, there. You can hear the sounds of the Mongol folk. Yeah. But I thought we couldn't look through without opening the doors. You can't. There's a, you said there's like a little, like a, at least a little No, opening. I said there weren't any openings. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I thought you were just saying you were opening the doors we, and looking in. I don't no. know if we want to do that. I think we're skipping that. We're just I mean, if you to want door. to, I just want to make sure we're on the same page. I will take one door and I will just peek open just, just very quickly to see... I'm assuming they're chained up, right? So I'm thinking they're, they're probably chained to the wall. Well, let's hope. I'm gonna, uh, just very quickly, bold peek, peek my head in. Bold peek. You look in. Four Mongol creatures brawl amid the wreckage of a bedchamber, while a fifth watches and cackles behind a life-sized painted wooden statue of a woman in saintly robes. None of them seem to notice you. They are not chained. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Scooby Dooby Dooby. Well, Professor. Really close this uh, they're not chained, but. Why do you think that they'd be chained? They're locked in. Let's just, let's just keep going. Eyes <laughs> <laughs> decision. I'll lead the way. Are all, the, all the doors, are they. Did he have to unlock it to no. get in? I'll stand in the back and make sure these don't come barreling after us. And, uh, I think screw us behind. <laughs> um, do we need to re-stealth or are we keeping our previous rules? I would say you need to re-stealth, but your um, ability so. is still up as long as it's been within the hour. Come on, Nash! Not bad. Here's a natural 20 plus 3. Go. We continue yeah. down the hallway. I lead the way. Mm-hmm. Guns drawn. And Kana's got the back. I do. So we're we're surrounded, the rear. and I just have the light out so everyone can see. Because fuck this place. Yeah, we're we're beyond. I got a twenty two stealth. Oh, I'm giving you stealth. Yeah, who's the lowest stealth? Just tell me the lowest. Uh, I, Nineteen, sixteen. That might be twenty eight. Damn. What? Oh, so twenty seven. Oh, right. yeah. Plus five. Yeah. Of, yeah. 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 So me. Damn. I got nineteen with the five. Um, you continue down the hallway. Until you find yourselves into, um, until you find yourselves in um, a room that opens up into two directions. This room looks like it used to be an office, as evidenced by the remains of a desk and a chair, both of which have been smashed to pieces. A hallway to the south leads to a staircase going up. A dark passage to the east is full of unnatural whispers, mad laughter, and bestial odors. That's the one from behind you. So this is if you were coming in from the front. And you can see the one door that leads back out towards the courtyard, which will then lead you through the courtyard back to where you met with the abbey. Are we able to basically deduce that through that door we would know yes, that it's the, the courtyard? courtyard? Yes. Uh, no, but, no sense of going where we've already been. Of course. But there's a desk. Let me just take a quick look. Take your time. And I want to run over there and see if I can find any kind of notes or information. Uh, investigate. Go for, investi- for investigation. There's another natty one. Yikes. Thanks. Those other ones that... Uh, one plus eight is what? Nine? Uh, you look through. This is... <laughs> You're the only one going? The DM wants you to do this. Hint, hint, wink, wink. Uh, I will run someone over. Help, someone please uh, help. Is it pitch black? 
Uh, Sarnax is like, okay, I will run over and help. Roll with advantage. <laughs> See, I did such a nice Use your portin, goddammit. Use a twist. You have luck. I do have luck. You have all these things! Uh, divination was help, 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 help you. Help me help you. I help the DM help you. I will use a divination point. Ah, uh, and a different dice. A different fucking die. <laughs> I'm like, jeez, please. Jeez Louise. Stop using those. Is it a 10 or higher? Yes, a 10. The last one was a 10, but yes. You, you look... Well, then you should have told me that instead of freaking okay, out. Then, okay. Here we go. God. You're so close. Thanks, Nikki. Yeah, you're welcome. Give me a round of applause for the double Set it really low for a reason. I, okay, I will say... So then the, the first two succeed. God. The first two succeed. You know, you said the first one was an was a nine. Yeah, and then I then I uh, advantage reroll, then I advantage, and that was a two. Yes, uh, yes. A so that okay. that works. It. Yeah. God, you're so lucky to have me. You really, you really. <laughs> so anyway, you look through, and this is the wreckage of a desk. Uh, there's, uh, you're careful as you come apart uh, bits of fecal matter, etc. That's. Um, in the corner somewhere, these mongrel folk are quite disgusting and horrific. But you find... Some dookie. Oh, oh my oh, god! Oh, oh, she fun. really wanted what you to do this. Okay, so we got <laughs> oh my god, look at the weathering on that! You got the shit stained journal! What? So, would you like me to read it to you, or do you want to read it? Uh, I would like you to read it, please. Okay. Cool. Do you need a Yeah, I do need a batch to read it to you. You need to memorize it? Okay. You find a weathered journal. And as you begin to look through it, though the hand the handwriting itself seems to be almost otherworldly, you begin to realize that this is the journal of the Abbot. <gasps> Day the first. As the morning lord bids me, so do I follow. The Abbey of St. Markovia and Kresk has led to many years, has, has low these many years lain desolate by the evil straw who by her own hand slayed the blessed saint who gave the abbey its name and hollowed its ground and restored to its previous glory and purpose, a place of healing and hope. To do this, I must win the villagers' trust, to cower in fear in the village over which the abbey looms. So fearful are they of Strahd and her wolves that they dare not venture beyond the village walls. The walls of mist might just as well be made of brick and mortar as it imprisons them thusly. Day the 30th. I've taken the guise of a mortal, pleasing and young, and gone among the villagers. Though they seem to harbor suspicion about my purpose and origin, they want to help. Certain am I that I can win their confidence to aid me in restoring the sanctuary they need so much. Fifteenth day of the third month, the third year. Well, there is much left to do to recapture the former glory of this place. It is once more serving the village. They come to the doors, those ill of limb and mind, and I tend to them as a shepherd would his flock. Light is returning to Grovia, and in my heart I feel at peace. Second day of the sixth month, the sixth year. Today a sickly brood of inbred lepers appeared at our doors seeking salvation. They call themselves by the family name Bellevue, though there is little of beauty or good one can see upon them. We will offer what we can to rid them of the dreadful infirmities. 22nd day of the 10th month, the 8th year. The Bellevues are much improved. Their physical deformities have vanished and are soothing bombs and salves. They are grateful and follow after me like dogs waiting to please. 
Still, they brandish such defects, which go beyond what cures and treatments I can find in the Abbey's texts, or from my own lord's guidance. I am determined to make them whole again, and to bring them into the light. Eighth day of fourth month, the tenth year. I know not what more can be done to help these woeful creatures, but I must. I shall not be defeated. They cannot undo all that I have worked and strived to accomplish here. Ninth day of the eighth month, the fifteenth year. Their idea of what perfection means does not match mine. They have strange ideas of what it means to be human. They beg me to give them the eyes of a cat, wings to fly, the strength of a mule, the guile of a snake. I pity them. I am sure their desire for bestial traits cannot lead to salvation. But if it persuades them to follow, then let it be so. I will yield to these mad desires and hope that it helps. First day of the second month, the sixteenth year. My first experiments have been abysmal failures, the results fatal. Yet they beg and plead. How do I go on? How can I stop now? How can I stop when the next might be success? We are so close. Fifteenth day of the ninth month, the seventeenth year. I, I am, I am at my wit's end. First day of the first month, the twenty-fifth year. Today a Barovian lord named Vasily von Holtz visited the abbey. His outward appearance was pleasing enough, but I sensed something sinister about his person, like a blade that penetrates to my depth. It stains like an ink that I cannot shake. His purpose, at first, was not clear, but he tells me that he has come to help. From whence he comes or why, I know not. Tonight he tells me he will reveal more as we sup. Third day of the fourth month. The 25th year? Little did I know that when Vasily arrived, he would bring me the knowledge that would help me satisfy the needs of these pitiful creatures who torment my soul. He brings a forbidden law from the Amber Temple. This has solved the fatal dilemma of transformation that has eluded me thus far. We have found the way to satisfy what they have asked. There is much work to do. Twelfth day, the fifth month, the thirtieth year. They are happy as mongrel folk. If insanity brings them happiness, we should all be insane. Tenth month, fifty-fifth year. Two of these mongrel folk now serve me as guards, Otto and Siegfried. They are two of my most impressive creations thus far. I am proud, as a father must feel. Sixth day, sixth month, sixty-sixth year. I should have known. How foolish have I been. Maybe I did know, but refused to believe so. Vasily has re revealed herself to be the devil's strad. What is to be done? It would be futile to attempt to say to slay such an immortal creature. The ancient curse upon this land protects her. She can never truly die, at least not in Barovia. Fourteenth day of the sixth month, the sixty-sixth year. There is more to this monster than meets the eye. At supper tonight, Strahd unburdened herself and lamented the curse that has followed her through the centuries. She wants nothing more than to escape Barovia. Despite myself, I feel the pangs of sympathy and the urge to help her find release and peace. I have taken it upon myself to find a cure for her malaise and set her free of this torment. Seventh day of the third month, the sixty-seventh year. I can only see one way of curing this poor soul. Reunification with her lost love. She speaks so fondly and wistfully of her. 
I am certain this way lies salvation for all of us. This will end Barovia's curse once and for all. Day, month of 70th year. The bell views languish in the madhouse as I toil on creating a golem bride for Strahd using the parts I have scavenged from the town below. 71st year. Training of the bride progresses slowly. She shall live again to love. She shall learn again to love. Ha, huh, love. The word tastes like bitter root in my mouth. Why is live evil writ backwards? I wonder what I have wrought. Is this what the morning lord has sent me to do? The lessons and etiquette and the manners of a lady move slow into the wheels of eternity, but soon she will be ready to be presented to Strahd. Silka, she is beautiful. She will be so pleased. I can feel the morning lord's light again. This man is. This is. curious. He might not be completely consumed by evil. He may just be doing what he thinks is right, but I don't think he's completely insane. He may be off the path, but I don't know if smiting him where he stands will. Would be wise. <laughs> Has been fooled. They are all delicious little lies told by the devil, told by the countess, to corrupt his mind. Everything written in that journal is a lie. Even the part about him referring to her as a lost soul. She is a lost soul. The lost soul internally gone from the light. He was simply a man trying to help lift these curses and cure these people and make them happy. She came into his abbey and essentially confessed the same thing. He feels it necessary to handle her the same way he handles all of these moments, just to give them what they want to restore Barovia to what it once was. He is older than she is. He's lived here longer. He's seen the history unfold more so than she has. He may be up to something, but he may not know how deep he seems truly misguided. We should continue onward upstairs. Yes. This may be lies, but I'm not sure, given the mental state exhibited in this journal, if bargaining will even work. Roll an intelligence check. Dice are good. Uh, uh, <laughs> damn, man. Okay. Thanks. All right. Well done, <laughs> Professor. Upstairs. Let's, Let's go upstairs. continue. I'll, uh, I'll lead the group upstairs. You begin to ascend the stairs, leading up into the darkness above. You make your way into a room. Appears to be a small office. A wooden counter shaped like an L stands at the front of the spacious office. All the other furniture is rotted away, leaving heaps of moldy wood and faded cloth. As you look around, there appears to be a ledger with signings, names faded, all with 
similar family names. Rosa, Bronovich, Strasny. Some names you've heard. Some named last names you haven't. Time has worn them down. There hasn't been a check-in in this ledger many, many, many years. This may be where they kept the sick, or maybe just the downtrodden. Are there any other notes? Just all you see? Are there dates, too? Did you see that? Oh, uh, there are days, but there are hundreds of years in the past. Okay. Does the handwriting look any different? Does it look different than the there handwriting? There are different handwriting. Okay. He did refer to a madhouse in his journal. Perhaps this is it? Perhaps. But maybe even before the angel arrived? Very true. Nowhere else to go but forward. Let's just investigate. Is that just what we came across from investigating the whole room? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, pick a direction, Professor. Down this way. I'll try the handle on the door. To you the attempt east. the handle, and it moves easily. As you open the door in, the smell is pungent of rot, of decay, but the smell of antiseptic. You hear the skittering and the movements before you see it, but Sarnax holds his lantern up, and you're able to see into this room. The spacious chamber contains bed frames of wrought iron arranged in two neat rows. Cobwebs and bits of rotten mattresses cling to each frame. Three doors are spaced along the south wall, each with a plaque mounted on it. From west to east, the plaques read operating room, nursery, and morgue. And it is in the shadows that you see the movement first. The beds are not empty. There is movement from them. And then the movement of women. One at first, and then two, and then three out of the shadows of this room, moving towards you, their heads wrapped in bandages, their bodies jerking forward, stitched together abominations, the approximation of what a nurse would look like to you. And as they move forward with their jerky movements, you see that some of them have have um, blades um, stitched or sewn or even welded into their limbs. Others have magnifying glasses or mirrors. Some um, have vials or needles. And as they move forward towards you, jerking, they ignore you and head towards the beds. Some of them turn the dressings down and you see these rough abominations of um, mongrel folk as they are injecting them with serums or cutting away bits of flesh as they begin to howl in pain. You see as these strange, um, as these horrific sewn together nurses begin to work their magic on the invalids in the bed. I immediately attempt to back up and try to close the door, like, quickly but quietly. Did they seem to notice us and just ignored us, or did they just not notice us at all? They didn't seem to notice you. Okay. It looked at first like they were moving towards you, but they were moving out of the darkness towards the beds. Mm. We all saw whatever the hell that was, and I don't think that we want any of it this moment. I don't know what kind of fight we might have on our hands if we did, but I don't know if we want to do that yet. Yeah, I think I think they're in there. 
adding modifications that the Mongol have requested. This is maybe what they want. There is no redemption here. It is against nature, I agree. This is, these are all monstrosities, but maybe we can say that the abbot sent us to check on them, and maybe they'll allow us to pass through quietly. I'm with the professor. I don't think there's any 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 talking to or reasoning with any 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 of those creatures. I we should put them to rest. We can, and I think we should. But if we do that now, if I anger the abbot, he might know, and he might come. Your call, professor. I'd rather do it now than they stab us in the back if we happen to engage with the abbot. Plus, that we saw the three doors. We have to learn what they're doing to these people. If we can walk past them without issue. Yes. That'll be our first course of action. And if not, we will do what we need to do. Perhaps deception is the key. Perhaps we say we have a new bride in preparation for the Countess under orders of the Abbot. That was my same trail of thought. And if that fails, we burn them all. Right? Irina, do you think you could play that off? We wouldn't obviously let you. I thought you were going to give me to to the abbot. I didn't think you were going to give me to horrific abominations of women. We're not giving you anyone. We will not let them touch you. We'll just say that you're passing through and you're interested in seeing the array of modifications that can be done to a Bride of Shredder, we would not hand them over, you over to them. Oh, I want to do, do as you wish, as long as you protect me. Stay close. Yes, stand, stand behind me. Is, there, anything is everybody ready? Sarnax, would you like to use your words? Yes. As a holy man? Not as a holy man, but as a lizard. I'm going to reach into my pack. Does anyone have any kind of like fur or anything? Sure. Uh, I would like to yeah. um, to really to, cool. Sure. I'm going you to tr- the wolves. Yeah, the wolves. Oh yeah, the wolves. Yeah, 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 yeah. the wolves. I am going to try to uh, like wrap uh, one of my hands in fur and try to maybe wrap it around my neck as well and um, keep my hood up. But I'm going to uh, try to kind of look as furry as I possibly can while still Roll having scales. Roll a performance check for me to see how well you do creating yeah. yourself a costume. Before he rolls this, are we allowed to help him? Yeah, you things to him. Can I take some of the muck that's like on me and like stick it like under the fur and try to glue it onto him yeah. a little bit better? So roll with advantage. Good words, performance. Mm-hmm. Sixteen. Right, you've done that, and you you look at Sarnax now, and you see a, a bit of you'd collected some of the bones. Um, you see as as there's a uh, bits of wolf jaw with fur still attached to it, whereas almost you're able to cover up part of his face. It almost looks like his jaw is part wolf, part lizard, and you're able to shroud one of his eyes um, on the opposite side and makes it look um, more mammalian than reptilian. Uh, Your cloak shrouding a lot of this, the fur on your hands. And if you didn't know who this was at first glance without 
further inspection. He passes for a Mongol folk. Are you ready, buddy? Irina, with me. I'll back you up, Sarnax, if you need help. And I'm, gonna, I'm just going to like turn the handle and kind of like open the door for Sarnax to let him through. I'm going to like hobble forward and kind of shamble on in with Irina with me. Is Jeez. it just the two of you guys? No one else is coming, or are we or all just in the lead? We, we are. In the lead. Yes. Okay. In the lead. Guiding us okay. She um, grabs onto the back of your cloak. You can feel her shaking. She's horrified, but she moves Have forward with you. I'll be right behind her. Just no fear, and I'll I'll stumble forward, and I'm going to cast thaumaturgy to uh, let out the sound of a boar grunting, like snorting. And I will uh, step into the room, try to get the attention, uh, and I will look at everyone. I will say, I have been sent by... As you speak, you watch your lantern now illuminating everything. You see um, there are at least six of these beds that are tossing and turning with forms beneath the blankets. As these... as. All these women, there are roughly ten of them in this room as they turn and look at you. The one closest to you leans forward and you can see the gray flesh of her chest as she raises one of her arms. From elbow to where her fingers should be is nothing but a bloodied, rusted saw as she looks forward at you. Their faces are covered in linen wrappings, but you can see the hollow, empty sockets of where eyes should be as she stares forward at you. She says nothing. I'll pull out a handkerchief and pretend to cough, but then cast thaumaturgy to have like a vulture, like kind of squawk. And I'll put it back. (laughs) I have come with the bride to prepare. We are observing the grounds. The abbot wishes not for us to be disturbed. Roll a uh, roll a deception check. I am waiting outside the room, listening to how this is going to before I do anything. <laughs> I just want to hear like what I'm, you know. Okay, let's do this. I think I might be the I'm not. Nineteen. You see, as they their jerky movements, they all move forward, and it looks like they're moving towards you, but you see that they're actually moving out of the way as one of them moves from the back, larger than the others. She does have eyes in her sockets. They're bloodshot and red, and they roll around listlessly. But she seems to be able to see as she moves forward, both of her hands end in grotesque, bloody, and rusted hooks, chains hanging from them attached at her shoulder blades, but not attached at clothing bolted into the bone, into the flesh itself, as she moves forward. She gets directly close to you. She's taller, larger. You can see the stitched together skin, how brittle it looks along uh, where the flesh is sewn together, dried, almost like leather. And you look at, you look up at her. She's tall, maybe. How tall are you? Um, like five eight. She's like six feet. Okay, yeah. So you're looking up at her. She is not making eye contact with you, but she's staring down at Irina. And every breath she takes, even though she has this linen wrapping around her face, you can see black, uh, the blackness of her lips, the rotting, decayed flesh beneath the mask. 
and every breath she takes, this putrid stench billows out out from her, and it's almost hard to stand there and deal with it. She looks Irina over. She doesn't say anything to you, but she turns her head towards you and nods, and she takes one of her hooks, and she hooks it into the dress of Irina and begins to pull her towards the closest bed. No, we are not meant to be disturbed. (laughs) (laughs) She looks at you and looks around almost confused. She doesn't seem to have the capability of speech. This one is chosen by the Countess. Very important. We do not anger her. Bring the wrath upon the Abbey. Guide her to observe and I will bring her back to the Abbot. She is not ready yet. She looks at you and she nods, but she continues to pull her towards the bed. Stop right now. You will anger the abbot. She she unhooks her hook and both of her hooked hands fall to her side. As she stares at you, almost confused, I want you to roll a uh, perception check. Perception? Or not a perception check. I'm going to have you roll a... um, an insight check. Yeah. Oh, I don't care for it. Oh, it's still going to be an 11. Uh, she seems confused, um, almost as if she's not sure why, if she's not ready for whatever they do, why you would bring her here. We have come to simply show her the process. We are, it is a very special bride for the Countess. You must allow her to observe, to calm her nerves. Then, once the abbot approves, we will then bring her here, but not yet explicit instructions. Roll a uh, persuasion check. Ooh, persuasion? Yeah. That is going to be a hot 20. 30-20. Very nice. She looks hesitant at first, but she uses her hook to push Irina forward towards you as she shambles back towards the walls. She raises her hook up and flicks it towards the other nurses as they begin to shamble and move towards the bed. And she reaches out quickly and grabs Irina and flips her around, runs her the hooked hand down her face, and you see clear as day, sorrow and sadness, almost pity, on her face as she spins her back around and pushes her towards you and nods, giving you her permission to investigate the room as the nurses go about their day for their work. Thank you. So, yeah, I'm hearing that. I'm going to, like, I'm going to peek my head around the door the door, and just see if I can see what's going on. And hearing Sarnax, I'm going to gingerly, like, step into the room. And Her eyes immediately lock onto you, but then onto who she believes to be a Mongol folk, um, capable of some sentience, and she seems to allow it. And I'll proceed to the Assistance, aid me in showing the bride around. I just want to sort of walk through and just kind of look around and see if we can kind of investigate as much as we can walking through the room and I just go into the first room here. As we're moving around the room, I'm keeping my back to the wall and like watching all of this happening as we're moving towards the first door. I'm not turning my back to any of them. 
you are walking in and the rest of the nurses don't seem to be paying any attention to you, but the screams in this room are getting to the point that is almost unbearable to hear. Uh, they seem to have no um, idea of the pain that they're causing these Mongol folk as they make their alterations. Um, but you notice that there seems to be almost a dance, almost a rhythm to what they're doing. The nurse with the syringes is the first one. She injects strange fluid directly from her body into from bed to bed to bed and then the next after the next each one with different instruments doing different things to these folks you see as um flesh is sent to a bucket in the middle of the room um you see as they move to the side of the wall where there's a shoot of parts that have come in all all animal parts some mammalian some reptilian reptilian um some avian as they're taking them and filtering through them and each one of them has a has a um, a journal that they seem to be checking and picking parts and going to the certain beds and making the necessary changes. Do you attempt to ignore all of this? You make your way towards the first room, the one with the plaque that reads operating room. Entering, a scream fills this room, a scream that echoes through time followed by other fainter screams. There's no one in here. It's as if the room itself is permanently haunted by the faint screams of those who died under the knife of this room. And as your eyes attune to the darkness and the light fills every crevice, the screams fade until they're nothing more than a haunting memory. I want to look around the room and the operating tables and see if there are any drawers we can open to find check. This room has oh. a, op- a large operating table in the center. Uh, rusting. Um, you see uh, blood stains on the floor going down into a small grate in the bottom. All along the walls are cabinets and, and uh, shelving uh, cupboards. Drawers. Got an 11. You, all of you, I would say, look through the room and you find uh, different blades and instruments. Um, most of them incredibly foreign, things you've never seen before. But you, they conjure up images in your head of what they, the horrific purposes they could have been used for. Most of them are broken or showing significant signs of disrepair. None of them seem to have been used in a long time. Um, but other than that, you find nothing of interest in this room. This place is hell. We need to get through these rooms quickly and get the hell out of here. Agreed. Yes, Sonic, um, please lead the way. And I'll hobble out but that's fine. Opening this door, the sign to the sides is nursery. This room contains the wreckage of old wooden cribs lining the wall. Paintings, torn and aged from years of decay, are all along the wall depicting scenes of happiness and childlike joy. The room itself smells dusty and unused. There is a mirror off to the side, and as you pass by, you see a figure reflected in the mirror for a second. A nun in white robes standing in a doorway. As you look back, there's nothing there. The reflection is gone. Did, you, did everyone just see that? Small rocking horse to the side begins to rock back and forth, creaking with every motion of it. See what? Just saw something here. 
Sorry, no, I, I, I had my back to the room. I'm, I'm trying to keep my eyes on where we're coming and where we're going. Is anyone in this room? Is anyone there? You hear nothing but your voice echoing back at you. The, the abbot wishes you announce yourself. I'll walk over to the rocking horse and just kind of put my foot under the firm side of it just to get it to stop rocking, and I just stare at it for a second and see if it starts rocking again. You put your hand on it, and the rocking immediately stops, and you hear behind you <laughs> the giggling of children and the pattering of footsteps, and you all look around, but there's nothing there. You wait, and you wait, and just like the first room, the screaming of the ghosts of the past, the giggling of the children, and the images of the nurse evaporate and do not come back. This place is truly dead. The skin's crawling real bad. I'm going to get out of here, and I'm going to open the door and lead us back. On to the next. <laughs> the plaque on the side of this door says, Morgue. You open the door to find slots in the walls where bodies after death would have been placed. The room itself seems sterile. It is cleaner than the others, almost like it's been used more recently. A few of the doors against the wall lie open, and you see that there is a small, um, a small uh, hay like bed uh, bedroll on the inside, um, but it is empty of bodies or anything of the like. The only thing of notice in this room is a raven perched on the windowsill of this otherwise empty room. Raven, are you? It flaps its wings and picks up one leg and then the other. It makes a strange noise back out at you as its head uh, flitters from side to side, but it makes no motion towards you. Hey, is, is, is that is that one of them? I try to approach the raven. As you approach the raven, it immediately takes flight and zips out of the window. No, 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 no! Uh. Oh, no! And as you watch, it flies and sails down towards the garden. The garden that you'd used to enter into the abbey. And you see as it rests upon one of the sackcloth heads of the scarecrow. I don't believe that's one of the where ribs. Maybe not. It may be one of the countesses, or perhaps a harmless beast. Is this some way to identify Martikov? I mean, they would announce themselves to us. We are their allies. I would hope that would be the case, yes. But is there anything else of note in this room? I'm going to point um, out the window to where the raven is sitting and um, whisper a message to it. Are you here to warn us of something? Let us know if we're on the right track. And it can respond in a... If it has the ability to. Yes. If it has the ability to speech, correct. Uh, I yeah, I don't know. It says Which, it can reply in a whisper that only I can hear. So, right, I guess if, it, if it's a creature that wouldn't be able to talk, it was it a creature or a humanoid? Uh, creature. Oh. You hear the croaking of a raven in your mind. Not the humanoid voice you'd hoped for. Mm. 
No, but it was smart enough to respond. <laughs> would it have to make the I would say you're, you're able to tell that it was not a human communication. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's a red herring, my friend. <laughs> Let's go back through the main area. Wait, did we open the doors? Yeah. The bodies were? No. We have an investigator. Roll an investigation check. Mr. Shepard, these doors are quite heavy. Could you please assist? Sure. Let's roll again. (laughs) Natural! You have to do it. So <laughs> you look through. You open some of you. You begin to open all of the the small wooden doors, and most of them are empty. But you are able to find a few that are that have remains. But it's not as you expected. It is the remains of dead Mongol folk. Ones that hadn't survived their mutations. Do we find anything like out of sorts? This is sad. I would have thought, frankly, that they were feeding any of the dead to the to the living, but perhaps they were only using human body parts. Maybe the body parts that they threw into that bucket in the middle of the room is what they're feeding them. It's disgusting. Well, either way, please lead us back. Continue. And as we head out, we are taking our leave now. Do not leave this chamber under direct orders from the abbot. Persuasion check. Really aggressive fruit fly over here. <laughs> yeah, there's. That's what they've got. Is it persuasion? Is, is yeah, uh, uh, sixteen. Collect the moon down. She. She looks hesitant, but the sadness that you can see on her face is present, and she nods at you and continues to check on each of the beds in the room. Is it the same? Could he only see the sadness on her face? Uh, that would say it's pretty apparent if you are standing around them. Is this the same sadness that we saw on Vasilka's face? No. Okay. So that you, was. they, they continue to go back to the, um, to the, um, unmasked entities that are on these beds as they writhe. Some chests rise and fall. They seem to be sleeping. Some they haven't started to alter yet. Are they chained to the beds? Or are they just laying there? You haven't really looked at them, so you don't really know. Can I just take a look as we're kind of passing by all the beds? And all just kind of cast. I want to see if they're if they're chained them. or if they're just laying there willingly. Roll an investigation check for me. I feel like we would have kind of mingled through as we're, you know. Well, you did say that. Oh, sorry. Uh, two plus eight is ten. They don't seem to be chained, but you do see that it is not just Mongol folk. Um, one appears, at least one that you've seen, appears to be human, an elderly man who occasionally coughs. He seems to be here undergoing, um, maybe a villager from Kresk, undergoing some healing to help with the sickness he had. Mm, 
of uh, uh, yes, we should be on our way. We will be on our way. Do not leave. I've got my hands folded behind my back, and I'm just pretending to be like. <laughs> and I'm going to lean towards uh, Victoria and give her a little nudge and say, "Perhaps see if the gentleman is okay, young lady." Um, I'm going to again point in the. I'll point in the direction of the gentleman. So. I'm the woman standing to the side. Please respond to me and let us know if you're all right, if you're willing. He can speak. Um, you wait a moment and you hear a voice that responds. I am here to get a cure. I lost my wife to the sickness last month and I do not want to go that way. I am scared, but they tell me I will be well soon. I'll say we'll try to turn and leave and close the door. And if you've relayed that to us, should we? I do not think it worth our endangering the operation. But if we have time when we are finished, perhaps we can convince them to retrieve the man and bring him to safety. Yeah, on, on the way out. On the way out, yes. Yeah, we'll upset him if we try to wrench him away now. Yes, perhaps you command her no further alterations tonight to buy us time so he's not injected or torn apart by the time we get back. It perhaps is already too late. I, why would I have a second thought? Oh, by the way, stop. Filthy mongrel folk might forget things. You're right. You're right. She already seemed confused. I do not want to engage in a battle here. Agreed. Agreed. I will continue my deception as we continue the other door. I think we know now where the missing people have gone. Whether they stay here or maybe they don't survive these operations. I believe it is probably too late if they've been injecting the old man with those horrific syringes. Perhaps they were only intended for Mongol folk and not for humans. I think Maybe no one has survived. Stage one is a, no of a Mongol back. folk is a human. Mm. Let us continue. And I'll shamble out towards the door and open it. You make your way out, out of what appears to be the waiting room. You open the door out to what appears to be a curtained wall that leads towards the other half of the abbey. It looks down over the courtyard mm. that you had first entered into. Scarecrows line the abbey walls looking outward. They wear tattered chain shirts and carry spears with rusty heads. The, co- the courtyard below is blanketed with fog. The chained-up mongrel continues to sleep peacefully. Do we see the door down to our left? Yep. Yeah. Shall we check this one? Yes. Are we still under skies? Okay. Pretend like I'm walking with with, like my hands folded behind my back, and I'm just like. (laughs) You open the door. It opens easily. Bunk beds that have disintegrated with age lie in heaps along the walls of this moldy thirty-foot square room. Looking around, this appears to have been some sort of barracks. Maybe the room that the previous guards would have slept in. 
Quick look around. Professor. Quick once over, yes. Assist me. Rifle through the fence. Um, I would like to investigate yep. with the help of my wonderful friends. I'll lift friends. up the beds for him so he can take a look around. Double 19, I'm fucking cool. Hey, look at that little uh, guy. 27. You look, you look around star. and find bed, rotting bits of, of wood here and there. Um, off to the corner, you are able to find a small footlocker. And opening it, you are able to find one greater healing potion. Oh, fuck yeah. No doubt for the gods. That once lived here. Pocket it quickly. Let us be on our way. Let's go. <laughs> We're trying to to very stealthily. Yeah, I'm gonna keep my eye on the sleeping uh model. And I'm keeping up my Occasionally he jolts and makes strange noises and rolls over. You can hear the bones as he's kicking them about in his sleep, but he seems to be in a fairly deep sleep. How many hours has it been since our first encounter with the Abbey? Oh god. Oh, uh probably six. Okay, so not eight? <laughs> no, we're only like six. Okay, perfect. Self major. Great. <laughs> oh. You almost convinced me to make it. <laughs> I did recast it, but I'm wondering if I didn't need to. I'm opening it. I'm gonna open the door. Alright, I'm gonna listen first. As you listen, you hear the soft tones of a stringed instrument. I turn back. I believe he is in there. He will recognize us. He we have the journal now. Yes. And what will that do for us? Perhaps we can try to reason with him. He may become hostile on first sight, as he warned us never to come back. He didn't seem overly hostile when we left. He didn't attack us. He simply ran us off, and if we come back... Saying that we know now, perhaps we can reason with you. I think we go in saying that we've had a change of heart. We came upon the journal. We wish to help him restore the Abbey to its former glory, like he mentioned. Perhaps I go in with Irina by myself. Irina, do you feel like you can utilize deception and persuade this angel to leave, that you are allied with the Countess. I will try. I can't make any promises. I'm going to put my hand on her shoulder. And I'll look at her. I'm going to say, you are the key to all of this. It's a lot of pressure to be on It but alas, the pressure is on your shoulders. The weight of this entire dark land rests with you. You are blessed by the one is one of the holiest beings in this entire God's forsaken place. And you are the one who can stop Stradania. If there's anyone in this entire land that can convince this foul angel to give up everything, you must try to trick him. But I will be with you. I will will, will do my best. I know you can. And I'm going to cast, uh, I think I have Guidance. Do I? Yeah. You've cast it before. Have I? Yeah. I have, I have Guidance. How about that? The second time I've cast it. (laughs) (laughs) I have Guidance. How about that? You do that. I cast Guidance on her. And I am going to turn to the rest of the group. Stay out here. I do not believe the abbot to be strong of mind enough to recognize every one of the mongrel folk 
I will give you the signal if we get into danger. Before you go, what's the goal of this? What's your plan? Perhaps being honest with him may be the best course of action. He is a celestial being, right? We determine that. He may see through your guise, Sarnax. If we go in there without our guns blazing, we may be able to convince him that what he's doing here is in. He's doing it because he wants to help people. But what he is causing is foul, and people are dying. The cause is not right, and his God may not. His God would not appreciate this. Perhaps we could help him see a better way to to help the. If you think it wise to do so, I see no redemption for this fallen angel. I see only deception or death for him. But I will defer to the expedition. Well, if we, I, if we attempt to deceive, all attempts at persuasion are out the door. If we deceive him, what, what do we hope him to do? Just leave? To leave? The Abbey forever? Where, where would he go? He can't leave Rovia. So like the rest of us. That is a very good point. You have shown many the light of a deity. You've persuaded people. You have had them change their minds. You've changed hearts. What's one more follower to the fold, eh? You've inspired Mr. Morgan here. Well, you've, almost, you've almost converted me. Have you seen the women, the nurses, the approximations? I believe in a form of redemption, Professor. But the only thing that can redeem this being is Dragon's Fire. I think we can convince him to stop these operations. Shed light onto how he has corrupted these women. Silka. Everything he hopes to restore happiness in these Mongol folk. Maybe we can convince them to set them free. St. Markovia to the church it once was. Reopen these doors to education for the morning lord. Raising children just like they do in, in uh, Vallaki. I am not convinced, but should it turn to blows, then we can put an end to this once and for all regardless. Let us try and we can put him down if we need to. I'm going to reach in and cast aside my my furs and everything, and kind of throw, pick it up off the ground and tuck it back in. Irina, I still believe you will have a strong part to play in this. Be strong. I will try. Professor. Miss Victoria Connor Shepherd. I think we may send a chance to all perish in the next moments. I hope we do not, but it has been an honor and a privilege. We're not dying yet, Sarnax. This is not the end of the Azran expedition. Too much unfinished business. I've seen into the fire, but the power of the divine is strong, corrupted or otherwise. 
Be careful. Yes. Thank I'm going to stand to the back. Perhaps we enter with utmost respect and we knock. We're not trying to hide our presence here. Maybe we come in with his permission. Please. Here is the humming or the uh, stringing of the harp happening still inside. Yeah. Uh, I will uh, knock twice. You knock twice, and the the sound stops for a moment. You hear movement um, and grunting, strange noises, but nobody comes to the door. You hear almost like arguing, but it's so quiet, it's hard to tell who would be arguing with who. It quiets. You hear nothing, and then the sounds play again again. Does it sound like the same grunting we heard from Otto and the, uh, z- 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 the other It sounds similar. It didn't sound like him inside. Could be more mongrel. One of them went back to playing the instrument. Should I knock again or should I enter? I believe we should enter. And what happens, happens. Should I on my deceptive guise again, should it be mongrel folk. She comes we have. Yes. It might be the head. Very well, I did not wish to continue. Though I must say, it was a splendid performance. I did what must be done. Thank you, Tori. Otto and Siegfried, I think, are maybe the people inside. That explains the Barovian names. Well, please, to be honest. Um, I will open the door. Um, not trying to be stealthy about it, but I will open it quietly. Open the door, and you're immediately met to the side of you with a stairwell that leads the way down. The wooden staircase that climbs down from what appears to be a loft with a pitch-foot roof and a door in the center of the south wall. Unlit lanterns hang from the rafters, and a rope dangles from a bronze bell lodged in the belfry 30 feet overhead. The room is filled with the sound of beautiful music, a melody so enchanting that it adds a bit of much-needed warmth to the otherwise freezing room. A black shroud covers a humanoid shape lying on a wooden table. The music does nothing to stir it. A cot heaped with furs rests in the northeast corner surrounded by empty wine bottles. An oil lamp burns atop a table nearby, silhouetting a squat creature that has two heads. It sits on the edge of the cot with a veal between its legs. With a crustacean claw-like appendage, it grasps the neck of the instrument while running a bow gently across its strings with its human hand. Looking at this creature, its right head is fully formed and combines the features of a patchy-haired man with those of a goat, complete with stubby horns. The left head is about half the normal size and has a soft cherubic face partly covered with crocodilian hide. Crab pincers in place the left hand and a bear's paw where his right foot should be. This creature wears an ill-fitting monk's robe with a belt made of hemp and rope. Does it react to us coming in? doesn't seem to notice you. Is that the only figure in the room? Yeah. Aside from the humanoid shape under the cloth on the table. I stop for a second seeing the figure and I just like kind of move out of the way so everyone else can see it. And then I just look to the professor. Let's go. Let's go. Yes. 
Um, and I'll walk in and try to get his attention and say, is it evening at this point? It's night. Yes, right? middle of the night. Middle of the night. Good evening, sir. <laughs> he turns around and he looks at you as um, his viol clatters to the ground as he looks around from all of your faces and then his eyes catch Irina. Oh, and pretty lady. Uh, hi, hello, lady. Where is the abbess? We would very much like to see him. Oh, oh, friends of the lady, abbot's guest, friends of the abbey. He's downstairs. Downstairs? Well, could you please continue that lovely tune you were just playing? Oh, I'll play beautifully. Oh, you like? Yes. Oh, wine. Wine first, then song. Uh, Cloven loves wine. Oh, you, oh, uh, yes, of course. Uh, do we, we have any? Do we have you, wine? You on? mentioned bottles. Were yeah, there empty? are bottles of wine scattered about. Were oh. they empty? Um, the ones you saw were empty, but you could probably rummage through and find a... We'll find you some wine, of course. Uh, Is that your name? Cloven. Cloven. We are Cloven. Uh, yes. uh, pretty lady guest of Abbott. Uh, I would like to find a bottle of wine, find a cup of some kind, pour it in, and then mage hand it to him. And you see as he takes it in his clawed hand, and instead of putting it to his lips, he puts it to the cherubic face that's lulling to one side, and he begins to pour it into the throat of this, this strange cherubic head. Oh, yes, the wine, the wine. Oh, and you see as his eyes start to gloss over, he seems to be pretty drunk. I will play for you. Gloven plays. He picks up his veal, sits down, and he begins to start playing. Perhaps uh, Lucas can investigate the figure. I believe I could just do that myself. Uh, I will mage hand over, and I will take the, uh, just lift the tarp to see what's under the tarp. Beneath the shroud lies a creature made of stitched together body parts. Looking at it, you recognize. Victoria's arm, half of Shepherd's face. No, fuck. No, no, no. Kana's hand and Sarnax's tail. And as you look closer, you begin to see that your mind is nothing but a muddled mess. It's not Shepherd's face or Kana's hand, but. It looked so much like it had been. This is a work in progress, like what you had met in the area down below. It's not quite finished yet. Is he trying to like recreate our? It was hallucination. Okay. Oh, got it. Got it. It's just another abomination. Wickedness. Maybe we should carry downstairs. Continue downstairs. Yes. Thank you so much. That is beautiful music. Please carry on. He hadn't stopped. He's just, he's drunkenly playing. Just go. I'll walk down first. Yeah. I'll follow. I guess we're moving this bad. Oh, yeah, the map. You make your way down the dark stairwell until you spill out into the room. The table and chairs in the middle where you had sat with the abbot. And the, um, the large fireplace off to the corner is still roaring uh, with fire. But Vasilka does not sit there as she had. 
Her remains seem to have been removed from this room. The abbot, however, is here, sitting at the head of the table, the light shining um, from the candles that line this table, shining onto the stained glass windows that line this room. A, the music is almost heightened here. The music, music that Cloven is playing upstairs, it almost reverberates here. As you watch as the abbot writes and draws frantically, he looks nervous, he looks concerned, and he doesn't seem to notice you. Abbot! Good evening. His head slowly raises as he makes eye contact with all of you. And then Irina. Well, well, well. Who would have thought that a place that is supposed to be holy could turn into such a house of horrors? Me. I would have. This is Barovia. That is what happens here. I am not certain how our eager protagonists will fare against the literal angel, but we will see what tricks they have up their sleeve. Is the abbot beyond redemption? I wonder. We shall see in the next part of Chapter 9 of Curse of Stradania, Among Monsters. In the meantime, if you wish to watch Legends of Avantris tell similar stories of Dungeons and Dragons every week, you can follow us on Twitch. You can also enjoy our many campaigns on YouTube, support us on Patreon, and join our community on Discord. All links are in the show notes. We welcome you to our Avantris family.